space, the final frontier. These are the words that send nerds crazy everywhere. And welcome to Writing the Nerds. I am Kegger, and with me as always are my cohorts, co-hosts, and uh, friends. Baby G. And Cody. And if you can't tell, today we are doing Star Trek. Woo! Yeah, glad I didn't chime in on that. I was going to say Wars. Is that, that, that wasn't right, though. <laughs> Let's piss off. Yeah. Fanboys everywhere. I was going to say, people are throwing their keyboards right now. There's no fucking water. <laughs> so, Star Trek, that's the one that has the Jedi in it, right? And they, oh, they fight with the swords and the uh, the Daleks and all that. You told yeah. me to kill me. Just <laughs> <laughs> I'm just <laughs> trying to piss off as many nerds Wait, as that, possible. Wait, that right is now. the common link, though. It's J.J. Abrams. <laughs> oh, fuck, it is. Yeah. <laughs> and then Ray comes in, fights the Klingons, and they. <laughs> right. And then, you know, the Pegasus jumps in with right. the Galactica, and they all yeah. score a touchdown. They all score a touchdown and uh, end the universe. Kylo uh, Ren was really the, the person that destroyed uh, Romulus with the uh, <laughs> <laughs> and his angst, right? Yes, yes. And his teenage broodingness. Uh, <laughs> all right, now that we have alienated everyone, uh, we are actually yeah. We decided we were going to do Star Trek. We've got some amazing Star Trek stuff coming that has come out recently with Picard, Discovery. Uh, let's hope to God they don't do another movie for a few minute, a few more years until somebody comes up with a good idea to Is do a movie. Is Tarantino still working on one? Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, Tarantino can totally do a Star Trek movie. I'm, I'm hesitant. I, I uh, am not. I want to see what he is going to do because Tarantino and an R-rated Star Trek need to happen. I'm assuming it has a lot of like 1980s like songs in it uh, you know, for soundtrack. <laughs> I mean, shit, um, how many times did you hear sabotage in Abrams' Kelvin universe? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, you know? <laughs> enough times that I was able to memorize all of it. Right? Um, well, yeah. I mean, I'd already known sabotage before. Oh, yeah. But that was a great song. <laughs> it's just Abrams beats you over the face with it like a oh, thousand yeah. times. It's like the Beastie Boys. I was already familiar with their work, too. But listening to J.J. Abrams' movies, it's kind of like getting a best hit soundtrack. Kind of, I like mean. The, uh, did they play Intergalactic in any of his Star Treks? I don't know. I feel like that was a wasted opportunity if they didn't. Because when he got the Star Wars job, I'm pretty sure there were just like no Beastie Boys, and then like just a just one lone tear runs down his cheek oh, no. as he signs. Because I mean, his name he totally Kirk is totally running from the cops on the little speeder bike thing. Oh yeah, no, which I just was meant, totally stolen from Star Trek oh, I just meant or Star Wars. Yeah, I say I just meant Star Wars. Did, he couldn't play any Beastie Boys. Well, they, oh, so what does he, he do? He names Rocky characters yep. after the Beastie exactly. Boys. Exactly. Well, he didn't use the Beastie Boys, but he did use Kid Rock. Oh, that's right. That's right. Kid Rock. Because that's better. Hey now. I. Yeah. Rock God or Bull God is the only Kid Rock album that I ever listened to, and it probably got one of the most annoying songs on it, which is Ba With The Ba. I was getting ready to say, Ba With The Ba sounds it like... It doesn't even... It's not even words. It's no. just Ba With The Ba, Da Bang, Da Bang, Diggy, Diggy, no, Diggy, the, the Boogie, Sit Up, Jump yeah. The Boogie. The first like, part he came up with when somebody surprised him when he was writing shit down, someone was just like, hey, real quick. He's like, Ba With What? What? <laughs> ba With The Ba? Yeah. So, uh, Gene Roddenberry... Uh, Jesus, he is responsible for a huge world. Oh, God, yeah. Utopian in, in most of his world, but yes. Uh, yeah, very utopian. Uh, it's a very clean utopian society. It is 
honestly, the original stuff was basically just we had beaten war. There was peace. We had started the. Did we? Did what? Did Earth start the Federation? Mm, um, no, the Vulcans. The Vulcans, is, but Earth climbed. Vulcans, the climbed. Andorians, and the humans. The Andorians, those are little blue dudes, right? Yeah, little okay. blue dudes. They, they created the United Federation of Planets. Um, before. And um, then the other factions are the Klingons and the Romulans. So Romulan space, Klingon space, the neutral zone, and then the Delta Quadrant, which. That's where the Borg came from. So. Yeah. Well, Well, I mean, according to the very first episode, we meet the Borg where Q decides he's mad because they won't let him be a crew member. And he flicks them into Borg space to interact with the Borg. And you find Guinan had her people got wiped out by the Borg. Um, And I'm pretty sure they came from the Delta Quadrant because later on in Voyager, you hear Seven of Nine kind of give a brief history, blah, 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 Borg. Uh, yeah. Um, <coughs> I, I hate the Borg. Like, um, I, I love them in terms of a villain, but I just, I also want them to be wiped out. Right. It's def- definitely I, yeah. that hive mind. It is, and, and I feel like that's something that, it, that humans, at least, are kind of terrified of, the hive mind. Mm-hmm. It is something that they just don't understand. They're freaked out by it. And... Shit, I mean, when you find something that people are just naturally having a natural aversion to, lean in. It'll scare the fuck out of them. All right. I mean, definitely makes for a good villain to rally around right. at that point. So, But, but you know, you mentioned earlier about um, Gene Roddenberry also in this concept of um, Star Trek. And also, you can't forget Mondro Barrett also was a very big influencer because during the time that Gene Roddenberry created Star Trek, he was... Involved with my Joe Barrett. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to go into detail about Gene Roddenberry because if you are a Trekkie and you know his history, Gene Roddenberry was the true Kirk <laughs> in real life. I mean, yeah, that's I mean, Kirk is technically Gene, Gene Roddenberry, Roddenberry in, in essence. Except, um, except the original cast like Gene Roddenberry. <laughs> there you go. Right? That's the, yeah. uh, Shatner <laughs> and his. I loved, I loved the roast of Shatner where uh, Patton Oswald, I think it was Patton Oswald, mm-hmm. goes. Bill, can you do a favor for me? And he pulls down. out a plastic. He pulls out a paper bag. He goes, "Can you act your way out of this?" Yeah. <laughs> and, um, that was just amazing. Uh, and to hear George Takei go, "Fuck you!" and the horse you rode in on because he did ride in on a horse. Yep, <laughs> that was awesome. But uh, I mean, Roddenberry. A lot of people get hung up on on Star Trek with Roddenberry, but Roddenberry also did uh, terrible things uh, like uh, Conflict Earth. Which was an awful series. Um, uh, Andromeda, which was okay. Um, like it was technology. definitely Kevin Sorbo's sophomore effort after um, Hercules, Hercules, The Legendary Journeys. And Xena. And Xena. Uh, well, Xena was kind of the spinoff of Hercules. So, um, and it actually went on for quite a bit. I think it had like five or six seasons. So yeah. it was more than I thought. I think uh, Earth Con- Conflict Earth only had like two. Yeah. Um, can't remember much else. I know he did more because I saw them and wasn't happy. <laughs> but one of the last things Roddenberry did work on physically was the next generation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, but let's get into uh, that first ship. And I, I, you can tell I'm not a huge Trekkie because I know Trekkies can quote 
the numbers oh, yeah. on no. the ship. NC-1701. I'm, yeah, no, if you... You got it. You already that's got you, me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, that's where I checked out. Um, <laughs> and we were just talking about Scotty talking in the, the Next Generation episode going on the holodeck and going, no bloody A, B, C, or D. Um, <laughs> you know, so he could see the original bridge. Um, I, yeah. I mean, I, I love Star Trek, but I was never Trekkie level. Right, like, I, I, because I couldn't. I I had already absorbed Star Wars to a molecular level. Right. I couldn't do it again. Uh, well, the where I started was the movies. Okay. Um, yeah, that's fair. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure I saw four, five, and six in the theaters. I know definitely oh. six. Discovery Country was that? Oh, yeah. Oh wait, which one was? Why does God need a starship? That's five. Okay. Yeah. Fuck me, that was so bad. <laughs> and also directed by William yeah. Shatner. <laughs> to his credit, I heard that he has a show on right now called The Unexplained, and I heard it's good. Yeah. Other than that, I'm tapping out. Mr. Shatner, if you hear us on this podcast, please don't don't beat us up. No, we we do we do love you, Bill Shatner. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, because it comes from a place of love. Everything from fucking TJ Hooker to Boston Legal, my friend. Yes. Oh, Boston, yeah. amazing in Boston Legal. Hats off. All right. I gotta say, I did love that at his roast they were like, "Huh, Bill Shatner plays a guy with Alzheimer's who forgets his lines." <laughs> right? How easy is that? Um, but we get space, the final frontier. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are the voyages of the Star Trek Enterprise, whose five-year mission is to boldly go where no man has gone before. Mm-hmm. The OG intro. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They never made it to their five-year mission, canceled after three. Yeah, <laughs> it was originally expected to be a three-year show because it came out um, a, a year after um, Lost in Space came out. And Lost in Space was a thing, and they didn't think it was, was going to go for so they, they gave a three-year limit. Um, three-year limit. Uh, we did, you know, we got the greats. Um, so we have Captain James T. Kirk. Did you say something about the Force? No, 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 no. <laughs> I was going to name the actor. Oh, okay. Bones. Oh, Bones. Oh, oh, DeForest Kelly. Kelly. DeForest yes. Kelly. That man Great. I love. Um, I will say this. Carl Urban. Yes. I feel like Spot Carl on. Urban went back and watched all of the original series, Hell yeah, did. all of the original movies, because he nailed Bones. No, he okay. got a very, very... He nailed, nailed Bones. So my, my mom, who is not into sci-fi, she's not into any of that shit, she watched Star Trek the because... Kelvin. No, she loved DeForest Kelly. Oh, like, okay. She loved Bones McCoy. That was her... And then Boom. Carl Urban. He did make one episode of TNG before he passed away. Oh, he did? did he really? He did. Oh, he did. He, did. he yeah. was an old, old yes. man. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, she it was sees, in the early seasons. Yeah, she sees Carl Urban as Bones McCoy and hears him talk. As soon as he opens his mouth and says something, she's just like, "Oh my god!" Like, right? Yeah, he did okay. it. And I love that they kind of get in his backstory and why why he joined the uh, uh, the Federation. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, <laughs> she took the planet, the whole damn planet. <laughs> it's just like, ah, that okay. makes sense. One of one of my friends. He went into the he went into Starfleet to get away from an ex-wife. Gotcha. Or sorry, and, sorry. An old friend of mine I haven't talked to in a good while since he moved out to L.A. He's an editor for Sony. 
Oh yeah. So he got to work on Star Trek Beyond. And I'm sorry. They they discovered that he did <laughs> such a decent impression of Carl Urban doing Bones McCoy that occasionally they would like ask him to dub. Nice. <laughs> At least that's I think I'd heard that from somebody like but I know he can do it. Nice. That's yeah, awesome. Like it, it was funny as hell to find that out. Honestly, dude, I was listening to the episode, the last episode, the Dragon Ball episode. You can do voices. Mm. You yeah. have quite a few. I was like, damn, he's kind of good at these. That's um, that's one of my worthless hidden talents, I guess. The yeah. uh, I always thought I could do a little bit of voice work, but <laughs> shit, no, I think Cody's a shoo-in for it. Hey. Um, so we got... Captain James Tiberius Kirk. Oddly enough, it was just James T. Kirk, and everybody gave, like the fans gave him the Tiberius. name Tiberius. Yeah. Um, which I thought was hilarious when in uh, the Kelvin, uh, the first Kelvin movie, was, uh, we can name him after your dad, Tiberius? No, that's an awful name. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Give, give Thor credit. He was right. He was. <laughs> um, and then uh, that was uh, Dr. Cameron was his mom. Yeah. And then she was in uh, Once Upon Shit, a Time. that's right. Yep. I huh. can't remember her name right now. She's been a lot of stuff. Actually. Yeah, she's actually been a lot. But um, And then Leonard Nimoy as Spock. Yep. Uh, Walter Koenig was Chekhov, of course. But who didn't come in until later. Yeah. Uh, someone so, with Takei as Katakari uh, Sulu. Sulu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I have a I have a cat. Well, my dad has a cat named Mister Sulu. Uh, he's a grumpy old man. The the cat, not oh hmm. uh, Takei, I think. No, Takei's yeah, pretty no, happy. Takei, he's he's happy a happy hell. gay man. I he's love a very that. happy gay man. I love that man, especially. I mean, even on his Facebook profile, refers to himself as Uncle George all the time. I'm like, I wish you were my uncle. No shit. No shit. <laughs> like, uh, there are two men on this entire planet that I would kiss: George oh, Takei and John uh, Barrowman. And uh, when I found out John Barrowman was going to be at Comic-Con this year, I told Randy, I was like, I'm going to kiss a man. (laughs) (laughs) And then COVID happened. (laughs) And then COVID happened and just ruined my plans. Um, And now he's canceled all future bookings for Indianapolis Comic-Con. Right, exactly. It's like I heard some son of a bitch out there was going to plant one on me real quick. Some bald bearded bastard. Uh, Not in this day and age, I'll tell you that. Uh, ain't getting no COVID. Right, and COVID just ruined everything for me. Um, so, <clears throat> who am I missing? Oh, we got Michelle Nichols. Oh, yes. As mm. Somebody please say her name. I cannot. Uh, um, yes, but what is her first name? Yeah. Nao, Naota? Oh, uh, wait. Because that was the whole joke, is Kirk in the Kelvin movie was trying to find out what her first name was. Neota. I was going to say Neota. Neota. Yeah, Neota Uhura. Uh, My favorite from the OGs, which was, I guess his name, James Doonan. Oh, yes. That's Scotty. Yes. I can't do it, Captain. I just don't have the powder. I loved Scotty. Scotty was my favorite character in the movies. The laws of physics. Yeah. (laughs) In the movies, in the show, the original show. Great, great character. And I don't know. I have a thing for the engineers. I like the engineers. They're Hmm. awesome. They know how the ship works. They know what they need. Him and I I love Jordy. Jordy LaForge was the shit. 
Um, not not just because he was Kunta Kinte and uh, Reading, Reading Rainbow. Rainbow. Yeah. But I grew up with Reading Rainbow. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, I was stoked. I was like, oh, look, it's the Reading Rainbow guy. Uh, uh, did I miss any of the main cast for the I original series? I don't think you got Nimoy, you got TK, you got... Well, Walter Koenig, yeah. we got Kit Chekhov, who, like we said, came in. Whoa. He was a replacement for Sulu because Sulu or uh, George Takei, for some reason, didn't do mm. like a set number of episodes. I don't know why. Yeah. So I mean, you got the support, supporting cast. Remember, they always had that nurse. I always had the red, red-shirted um, nurse. She wasn't <laughs> a red shirt as in she was going to be killed, but you'd see her often, and she worked um, with um, McCoy a lot on the show. Yeah. Um, Janice Rand, she was on there a lot for a yeah. little bit, and then in real life something happened. Um, I think it was something done with sexual harassment, or sexual something. And she left the show. Oh, yeah. Uh, they were talking. They, yeah, anyways, I'm not getting into that. That's Star Trek history. Yeah, yeah. I mean, then, well, I think that's what we're here for. It's then, Star Trek history. Well, so I mean, and then Maja Barrett replaced her mainly, uh, mainly, and she played the character Kristen, um, Christine Capel or something like that. Um, but she was all she she was basically like the stand in. Nurse chick that you would see. Yeah. yeah. And because you said red shirt, you know, and had to specify this isn't one that gets killed. Right. Like, Let's you, talk you about us. the red shirt. Yeah, red shirt. You jumped us into our first pop culture trope that this gave us. <laughs> oh, yeah. The red shirts. Yeah. Uh, this has been active for over 50 years now. Yes. The red shirt was basically just to prove. Oh, yeah. I remember her. Just to prove that the yeah. situation they were in was dire and had consequences. Yep. So a random ass red shirt would end up getting killed. Yep. And not the most interesting man in the world though. The only one of the few red shirts to actually make it through an entire episode. Uh-huh. Um only to be known as the most interesting man in the world pitching Doseki's beer. Wait, that really? Yep. Holy shit. That actually happened. That makes sense. There was actually That's a, why uh, he's the most interesting man in the right? world. Uh, there was one of those memes was, I don't always be, I'm not always a red shirt on Star Trek, but when I am, I survived the whole episode. And I was just like, is the most interesting man in the world. Yeah. And they tried to follow him up with a douche. Yeah, Some twat and nozzle that just didn't deserve so, it. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the end of the most interesting man in the world. Yeah. But back to Star Trek. Um, some of the greats, uh, we did get the Klingons. Klingons were big bads and mm-hmm. they were just the villains. Um, even in the movies, they were bad guys. Um, and, uh, the Klingons, I'm trying to think of some of the others, <clears throat> the Andorians. Yeah. They weren't really nice, even I mean, though they were little. Of course we have to say Vulcans, obviously. Well, uh, the Vulcans, they weren't ever villains. No. Oh no. Sorry. You're right. Yeah. No, um, yeah, no. I was just thinking races in general. And the- then... I want to get into this because this was supposed to just be a one-off, which ended up turning into the greatest Star Trek, at least original movie. Oh, it's the greatest Star Trek movie ever ever made. made. If you're going where I think you're going. Khan Sunan Noon. Oh, no, I was going God thing again. Oh, yeah. The Wrath of Khan. The Wrath of Khan. Wrath of Khan was... I loved that. I saw the episode and I... Did he have more than one? I think he was just a one-off, wasn't he? He was a one-off, I think. Con, in the series. He was just a one-off. The fact that anybody took his character and he said, you know what? We can make the best Star Trek movie Movie. from this character being a villain. Uh, uh, My hands to you, dude. Uh, All I got to say is... I got to applaud you. Ricardo Montalban, man. Oh, fuck, yeah. Yeah. 
The plane, the plane. Sorry, Karen. Uh, uh, welcome to Fantasy Island. Fantasy Island. Uh, yeah. I loved Billy Crystal's uh, impersonation of him yeah, no, on either. SNL. Oh my Ooh. God. Yeah, he was just so amazing. Uh, Ricardo Montalban, one of the villain, uh, was it the first lethal or not lethal? What Naked Gun? Yes, was he was yeah, the villain was. in the first Naked Gun? And hearing him say "Mr. Papsmear" was <laughs> one of the funniest things. And oddly enough, one of the last things he did was an episode of Family Guy where he played a cow. Wow! And made a Holocaust joke. Oh damn! Oh wow! Yeah, the the place where they kept the cows, they called it Decow. Oh wow! Yeah, it was. They he made a Holocaust joke. Um, wow, way to swing that one around! Damn, right, uh, but I guess because he's a Latinx, I'm gonna say that that's what they want to be called, Latinx, instead of Latino or Latina, Latinx. Uh, because he's Latinx, I think he got away with it, and then he died right after. So Family Guy gets away with a lot of shit. Though, family Guy, it's, it's Family Guy. Um, somebody actually said that writing for Family Guy was the closest they'd ever get to be able to write for Monty Python. Yeah, I can see that. Um, so swinging that back, Ricardo Montalban. Um, I'm trying to think. The Tribbles. We got the Tribbles. That was in the series, though. That was with Harry. Yeah. Harry, Harry Mudd. <clears throat> oh yeah, that's right. Harry, Harry Mudd. We yeah, were talking Harry about Mudd that before the too. before we started the episode. Um, we'll get we'll get to Harry. Uh, Harry Mud, you know, he was definitely a, a foil of Kirk's. Um, although it's really not hard to foil Kirk. No, um, <laughs> it really isn't. He's he's. Oh God, Shatner, your hackney damn acting. Even back in like every time they, somebody says something about Shatner's acting, yeah, all I can think of is there's something on the wing, some thing. Oh, are you? That's the Twilight Zone. Yes, thing, right? the Terror Twilight Zone. Terror at 20,000 feet. Yeah. Yeah. 20, feet. Um, but every time somebody says something about his acting, that's the scene that I have in my head. There's something on the wing. Um, <laughs> if anybody ever wants to know what his acting was like, like if you didn't watch the original series, if you've seen Boston Legal, anytime he says his name in that show is exactly how Kirk delivers all of his lines. Yes, mm. yes, it is. Denny Crane. Uh, and then james spader went off to do a show that i absolutely love Mm -hmm. and tried to get a casting audition for just as a extra extra, yeah uh which is the blacklist um we need james spader in a star trek actually i figured i feel like that would be perfect I mean, he already was married to Kirk, so. <laughs> so I don't know. I think I many, broke RBG. I was just trying to see if he had been in one before. I don't, I don't think, think he has. has. I don't think he has. I think he has integrity. <laughs> really? So, yeah. Really? <laughs> 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 uh, oh, sorry, I couldn't resist. It was right there. Um. No, I love Star Trek. I really do. Um, yeah. I've been uh, watching Discovery because RBG just raves about it and says that Michael mm-hmm. Burnham is his other wife. She is. Um, she is. She's very interesting. She's so hot. She's really hot. Um, definitely the hottest female on there so far. Mm. The one that plays silly. I can't stand her roommate. So, her roommate drives me nuts. <laughs> I, know I get it, but uh, I get the character, but Jesus. I know we kind of mentioned the I'm <laughs> swinging it back around, I guess, but 
I was trying to think, like, I know Khan was supposed to be Indian, and having Ricardo Montalban was uh, Honestly, definitely I not mean, the case. But at the same time, because this was Khan got thrown out into space in the at the end of the eugenics wars. Yes, which well, they they'd actually success matter there, right? Eugenics. Yeah. Um, there's very Nazi. Yes, there's like a bunch of Nazi. Uh, in innuendo there, not innuendo. What the fuck am I trying to think of? Oh, there's just, a, like yeah. there's a lot of Nazi. Their Nazis were tied with eugenics. Exactly. That was their, their, yeah, that was their whole thing. That like, was their yeah. Their whole thing was eugenics. So even um, after World War II, Earth became a shit show. Like again, from all of this. Which honestly, you guys want to know something about American history? Uh, the Kennedys were closely tied with eugenics. Okay, see that Joe Kennedy Senior. <clears throat> And Joe Jr. were very much into that. Oh, I never knew that, but yeah, ugh. right. That kind of makes you go. And that's American you know royalty, what? my ass. Anybody <laughs> can tell me that because I guarantee you, Joe Kennedy eugenics is not going to be in my Google search history. No, that's the one I actually. I learned that. Explain for me. I learned that from, and I plug these guys all the time. But last podcast on the left, they were talking about lobotomies and botched lobotomies, and they talked oh, about Kennedy's, uh, yeah, yeah, because the Kennedys. of that. Yeah. Uh, um, to so, get the hell out of that topic, uh, back to Khan. Yeah, which Ricardo Montalban was best, basically a Superman. Well, the best Khan as well. Oh yeah, no, yeah. I, I love Benedict Cumberbatch. Before they whitewashed Cumberbund, the shit out of that. Cumberbatch, Cumberbun, Cucumber, or whatever the hell yeah. his name is, and however you pronounce it, great. Yeah, Crumple Patch. Crumple Patch. I would even <laughs> go as far as say Sherlock. Yes. Sherlock, yes. His Sherlock, Sherlock is good. amazing. I loved all of them, um, except for the very last episode, movie mm. episode. I wasn't really overly fond of that one. Mm. Um, the sister thing just didn't didn't do it for me. But I digress. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that was, goddamn, that was the worst kept secret in all of... It was. Well, no, it was the worst kept secret in all of Star Trek yeah. fandom was that Benedict Cumberbatch... It was, I think it was John okay. something, John Kennedy. So after the first Abrams movie came out and they asked him about timeline, he's just like, well, now we can start to kind of bring everything into the timeline in a way that we already know. And as soon as he said that, I'm just like, oh, so we'll get the Wrath of Khan again. Uh, pretty much. And everybody laughed at me that I was in the room with at the time. Mm-hmm. So just like, they wouldn't be dumb enough to do that again. And I'm like, yeah, we're I mean, shit. honestly, if you put up into... Okay, I, I will say this about... Two about uh, Into Darkness. Peter Weller's yeah, Robocop was Look. the greatest villain for that whole movie. They could have just done him and not put Khan in it at all, and I would have loved that movie because oh, yeah. it was a good movie. But I feel like they shoehorned Khan in there and it just ruined it. Um, but it. But Kirk died this time and not... Oh, that was such the big difference. Um, and then, but at least we didn't have to go, you know, search for Kirk. Oh, yeah. Um, the search for Kirk would have been a little... Uh, but hey, the search however, for Spock, that was um, that was Christopher yeah, Lloyd. I love know. that because it gave us one of DeForest Kelly's best lines, too. Whenever he sees the soul transfer or whatever that yeah. Spock did into him. Green-blooded son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) 
I forgot all about that. Yeah. Um, I can't picture him without picturing Phil Hartman in that Star Trek sketch on SNL. Mm-hmm. Damn it, Jim, I'm a doctor. Oh, wait, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other like standout episodes of the OG series. So um, they had the um, episode. Um, actually, we, the, the, the first episode was, was awesome. Um, hmm. Not not with Kirk, but when when Christopher Pike was still captain, they yeah. did the whole backstory when hmm. when they're coming out with a new show talking um, about this now. But if you've ever seen the, I think they were considered the unseen, the untelevised cuts, basically because back in the day they weren't really aired. I think one aired once. Well, I know the original pilot <clears throat> was aired as pilot, episode yeah. three. Yeah. Um. So the first episode of the OG series was actually the second episode. Right. And the third episode with Pike in it was actually supposed to be the pilot. Right. Um, they do that a lot. I, I think they even did that with Discovery because the third episode of Discovery was actually supposed to be the original pilot. And then they went and did a little more backstory mm-hmm. and started with the, the first episode there. Because um, you don't, I mean, she doesn't even get to Discovery until the third episode. Um, but yeah, so the to, to me, that that third episode he's talking which was supposed to be the original episode i thought that was that idea was brilliant i mean yeah you got the the, the backstory of captain christopher pike you got you, you now know that there was another person that was supposed to be um number one yeah which actually that turned and come to play until the next, the next generation um they, but, they threw that out quite a bit right. in discovery right discovery it was almost like everybody you know <laughs> every ship number one number one number right. one i'm like Fuck you, that's Riker. You know, <laughs> <You're right. laughs> but um, I mean, it's just that episode was good. I love that Captain um, Captain Pike's backstory. Uh, he was a true, true hero, true captain. Um, I feel like Pike. Series. I I haven't got to that that part of Discovery, mm-hmm. but I feel like Pike and the, his whole part in Discovery should it like makes it feel more OG. Mm-hmm. Um, because where they're at, where I'm at in the first season, it's real dark. Um, and I'm, I, I'm, I, I like it. <laughs> I really do. Um, but going back, so Pike was the original captain. Um, Kirk. Now in the OG series, mm-hmm. did Kirk come out of the Academy? No, you never got, so in the original series, you never got that. You just got, he was, he was captain. yeah, they, he just comes in I as mean, captain. They yeah. still mentioned that he cheated on that test though. Oh, the Kobayashi Maru? Yeah. Maru, yeah. yeah. Uh, he cheated on the test. Uh, I don't, like I said, I don't remember because the, the OG series isn't my forte. Like I said, I came in for the movies. Um, what was the first movie even about? Um, it was like, Space Whales. Space Whales? Well, no. Not it was Space Whales, but Whales. So it was we they, needed Whales in order to save the Earth. They, yeah, so. they needed to. No, that was four. That, that was. Yeah, that, no, that was, was the one four. that The first directed. one was awful. Yeah, the first one. The first movie, and my dad actually said this. The first the, one was with the aliens with the bald head, right? Yeah, yeah and like yeah. Uh, the dude from Seventh and the, Heaven. And the, and the, the dude and the bomb from Seventh that's, Heaven. I'm so sorry, you're right. It's, it was the aliens with the bald head and the, and the satellite. Yeah, and it was really weird. It was kind of, it kind of felt like 2001 Space Odyssey. Yes, it was exactly. really bizarre. Exactly. It was real weird. And the only reason a second movie came out is because there hadn't been any Star Trek and Trekkies were starting to gain momentum. Right. And because it was just Star Trek, 
I kind of feel like Star Wars, the prequels, did the same thing. Is there hadn't been a Star Wars movie in so long, we all just flocked to it. Yeah. So there hadn't been a Star Trek anything in so long, everybody just clamored onto it, despite the fact that the movie was fucking awful. Like, I still, I know I've seen that movie at least a half a dozen times, and I still can't tell you what the fuck it's about. I, that's, like, I'm, that's exactly why I asked the question. I don't remember jack shit about it. I can tell you the Wrath of Khan, Search for Spock, oh, gotta yeah. reproduce whale sounds to what? get this thing away the from you. I got it mixed up because I haven't yeah. seen the first one in a while, and I haven't seen the whale one in a while. So. You know what the worst part is? I could ask you, why does God need a starship? I can't quote shit from the first oh, movie. Oh, no, I can't either. And objectively, <laughs> Five was Worse than that. But I think the first one, yeah, Christy Alley, that's her first time. <clears throat> no, Christy yeah, Alley shows is. up in two. Okay. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. And then yeah. they change actresses for three yes. and four. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to somebody who can actually act. <laughs> Cheers um, to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the first movie, it had the pedophile in it. Because the guy from Seventh Heaven went to prison for pedophilia. Oh, yep. did you not know that? No, I forgot. Okay, no, that was like big news, like yeah, seven re- years I ago. Remember, <laughs> I remember, yeah. I just remember going, huh? And he played a preacher <laughs> with a bunch of kids. <laughs> uh, was he Catholic? Was that in the show? Because I mean, I mean, so, six one half dozen the other. You know? I was gonna say, um, if so, there's no doubt about that one, huh? Shine a spotlight uh, on it. Let's see. Uh, so we'll we'll base my actually. I was actually gonna say this. Uh, my dad said because there was an animated series that yep. came out the after the old OG, and it was actually supposed to be a continuation. So, like, it was a continuation. And my mom used to talk about how the movie redid an episode from the animated series. And I don't know shit about the animated series except for the guy in Louisiana who dubs stuff in Cajun accents. (laughs) And instead of Star Trek, it was Kuyong Quest. And the only real thing I can remember about it was... uh, Space, the final frontier, y'all. These are the voyages of the SS Couillon to boldly go or to find strange new life to serve over rice. And uh, <laughs> uh, that's the only part of those I can remember. It, and I remember seeing a few of the, the animated series on like Nickelodeon back in the day right. yeah. and stuff like that. But I couldn't tell you. Well, but I looked at the timeline and they totally count the animated series in the timeline. You know, oh, it's, shit. It's, so, uh, um, saying if they did the first movie based on one of the episodes of that, good choice, <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> right? Was, it was like it was back in the 60s. I myself didn't watch watch that. <laughs> when you know, did the first with the, new, with the new animated series about the um, Lower Decks? Lower it's Decks. out, yeah. yeah, it is out, it is, it is it, on CBS All Access, and it's supposed to be about the um, the non officer crew members, yeah, the, oh, the, yeah. the, the unseen the, supporting the, cat, right. Yeah. Uh, the people that you know, the security, the red shirts, basically. yeah, the red shirts, say, be, the other engine, the cadet engineers, yeah. the you know, the people who are under Jordy and under Scotty and right. under. I so don't basically, you just ones. have the usual, the same voice actor doing different voices because they die from one episode to the right. next. Yeah, um, I'm sorry, the, the anime series ran from '73 to '75. When oh, did the wow. first movie come? Okay, um, do you have that pulled up? 
Star <laughs> I'm, Trek. Hmm. Uh, the motion picture came out in 79. That's what I was going to so say. I think it was it just totally came out after the animated series. And Wrath of Khan came out not that long after, I don't think. Uh, it was in the 80s, 82. obviously. Yeah, I was going to say 82. Was, so, yeah. I knew it was only like three or four years. Well, they made enough movies, even though the first movie, the motion picture, Star Trek, the motion picture, came out and it was awful. Trekkies flocked to it because it was Star Trek and it was new. Yeah. Um, And it made enough money to make a sequel. And thank God somebody went, I have a great idea for another movie. And we got The Wrath of Khan, which shot the Star Trek movies into... The stratosphere. Ha <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you know, and aim then, for the stars or aim for the moon. And if you miss, you land in the stars. There you go. So, uh, <laughs> That's pretty good. I don't know. I, you know, we get caught. All that goodwill got lost right around five. Right. Okay. Well, before we beat, beat that, we get there. Right. Because Bill Shatner. I even love that Futurama. And I got such a great performance out of me when I directed Star Trek V because I respect me as an actor. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, So we got Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, single greatest OG Star Trek movie, Mm -hmm. period. I don't care what you say. The greatest one of the OG OG cast. Mm -hmm. Um, You got the little parasite that they use. Right. Still part of the lore. That yeah, still creeps yeah, the ear, me the fuck yeah, out yeah. all the, the time. Slug. Yeah. Anytime I see those, you know, there's a spider in my ear videos on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. All I can think of is the Wrath of Khan. I know. Um, <laughs> they did fuck up in Khan because when Khan was in the series, there was no Chekhov. But when Chekhov shows up, like when Khan captures Chekhov, mm. he remembers him from the series. And it was like, nope, that didn't happen. Yeah. Um, little, little. Flub, nothing major. No um, so, Khan <laughs> basically causes the death of Spock. Yep. Um, they put him in basically a torpedo. Yeah. And shoot him on the planet Genesis. Which his mm-hmm. eulogy was a great speech, too. It was. It, it was. really was. Yeah. Um, very kind of emotional. You know, you got Kirk on one side of the glass and Spock mm-hmm. on the other. And they're, you know, he's dying. Yeah. Um, Kind of emotional. Um, and in the first movie, Leonard Nimoy hadn't signed on. Like, he didn't. Yeah. So, well, like, when he showed up, it was a surprise. Oh, yeah. And he didn't want to be Spock anymore, which is why they killed him in two. Yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> they shoot him on the planet Genesis after the Genesis device has gone <laughs> to... What? Recreate a planet. They were they're proto they're creating proto planets. Yes. Experiment with creating yeah. proto planets. Yeah. planets. Yeah. Uh we do find out that Kirk has a son. Kind of a wife. Um and a son. Um Man. right? Yeah. Uh which then later in the Kelvin series is retconned as Peter Weller's daughter. Mm-hmm. His character's oh, daughter. Yeah. So I was wondering if yeah. Boink, did it boink, boink? I and, guess Because uh, so. you know he did. Because he couldn't, if he's not banging Ahura, he's going to be banging everybody else. <laughs> well, I mean, even in the o- like the OG series, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, when, you're, I mean, when you're just like, he has a son, I'm like, okay, which one? I was, yeah, honestly, I would <laughs> like, not be surprised if Kirk had 
dozens of bastards in the universe. I mean, Kurt beds down any female he can get a hold of. This man says um, he's your son. He looks nothing like me. Dad, it's me. Right? <laughs> I'm just green. Um, what was it? It kind of reminds me. They kind of played that up in... Uh, they kind of gave... No, no, let's hear it. I want to hear a Bill Clinton joke. I love Bill Clinton jokes. I love President jokes. But um, Star-Lord from... uh, Star-Lord from Guardians definitely had kind of a Kirk vibe as far as... Yeah, definitely. Because there's a whole part in in the first movie where Quill, for whatever reason, while they're in the the prison, tells Drax that he's, he's... Man who's laid with the Oscarvarian. The Oscarvarian. I couldn't think of it. Man who is laid... You, who is laid with an Oscarvarian. Man, it was one time. You know? Right. They have tentacles, and at the end of the tentacles are needles. So it probably wasn't a fun time, but I can see Kirk doing the same fucking thing. So... Oh, yeah. I mean... (laughs) Kirk would have done it for the challenge, though. Right. That was the... James Bond in but space. But Krillin, it's a challenge. <laughs> it's a challenge, Krillin. Um, so Kirk, super libido. He's got a kid. Um, I can't remember why they go to the planet. Because the third movie is The Search for Spock. Yeah. Because, what was it? He did that soul transfer. So DeForest Kelly, you know, or Bones, sorry, is having... Dark he is having that was more, all of those. That was more Nixon from Futurama. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I still, every time I think Nixon, I think, uh, what was it, Call of Duty, the zombies thing, when you could play as Nixon or Kennedy. Or, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Sounds like somebody's breaking in. <laughs> Just a storm, dick. That's the, <laughs> yeah, but, fucking love Sorry, that. we're getting off topic. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, we stayed a pretty on topic last episode. Yeah. I feel like we're bouncing around a lot on this one already. Right. I mean, we're talking well, about the movies, right? So now, that's the though, thing with but, Trek, yeah. though. I mean, because there's so much history in it, you sort of have to bounce. And the thing is, the way Trek has been written pre Kelvin and post Kelvin, you mm-hmm. can jump around and still keep everything intact. Be on topic. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it's, it's fine. So, <laughs> all right, the search for Spock. Weird one. Weird, weird, weird yeah. one. Uh, we get to see Spock get aged to adulthood, to his regular age in the course of a movie. Yeah. Um, we do have a great villain with, uh, I can't remember the Klingon's name, but it's Christopher Lloyd. Mm-hmm. He's the villain. Um, and the third movie is the first time they destroy the Enterprise. Yeah, That's true. Um, if you think about the Kelvin series... The third movie is when they destroy the Enterprise. That's yeah. No, Star Trek that's, Beyond. That's right. They they destroy the you Enterprise. Just destroy the- <laughs> so every third <laughs> movie they got. I'm trying to think on. Uh, I God, I feel bad for Idris Elba because he deserves so much better than uh, even even Simon Pegg, who helped write Beyond, was like, yeah, they did a lot that I didn't do. Right, like, like I felt yeah. like Beyond was a lot of studio overreach. Yeah. Um, but they fucked it up so bad that we got a bunch of new series. That works. So back in the normal, <laughs> back in the normal timeline. You say, when you say to fix everything, like, a, yeah. Um, so then we get four. Arguably 
fan favorite, yeah. not the best one, but a fan favorite. We get um, it does have because when they travel the journey back in, home when they travel oh, back yeah. in time into San Francisco, they're in a Klingon bird of prey. Yes. Yeah, my but it also has that great Kirk line. Which one? <laughs> It was uh, that guy almost hits him with a car. He's like, get out of the road, dumbass. And he just goes, he slams on the head. He goes, well, double dumbass to you. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Um, I remember they put they put a bandana mm-hmm. over Spock's yeah, ears, ears yeah. and basically made him out to be like a hippie. Which they- and he, he did uh, too much LDS back in the yeah. 60s. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and that was actually uh, the whole thing around his ear. It was actually from the original series. That was the original series where they... Travel back through time, slingshotting around the sun mm-hmm. again, and um, they were Nazi. Um, they were Nazi era um, um, Germany. Germany, Germany, yeah. and he had to wear the ears to keep them keep them from keep the headband. Was, so, yeah. um, <laughs> three. I don't remember who directed three. I I, I think just another outside director. Yeah. So I think an outside director directed one through three. Mm-hmm. Leonard Nimoy directed four. Yeah, um, and Leader Nimoy. Damn it, he's a good director. Yes. He really was. He was a great director. Um, I do remember uh, Scotty trying to get the order, and he's like, computer, computer. <laughs> and the, the dude's like, you got to use the mouse. And he picks the mouse up, and he's like, computer. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you do get a bunch of silly things. Uh, one of my favorite lines from 4 is check off in his head injury and they, they yeah. get to him right before they drill the holes in his head mm. and uh and Kurt goes, name, rank, Pavel, Chekhov, rank, admiral. <laughs> 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 so that was funny. Uh they have to the, some kind of weird probe is gonna destroy Earth in the future right. because there are no humpback whales for some fucking reason. Call back to last episode with DBZA. We can use whales. <laughs> um they get the humpback whale, they get two humpback whales that are one's pregnant, bring them to the future. They bring somebody from the 20th century to the future, uh the doctor chick. Yeah. Um you gotta understand during this whole time, these are all political messages, by the way, because during this whole time here, this is what I hold um, <clears throat> say the, the the whales in the ocean, oh, the yeah, big equal. This is during the eco terrorist rise at that point in time. That's what they called them, eco terrorists, by environmental people who were extreme. Right. So we got Captain just, Planet during yeah. this time. So they were just they were incorporating <laughs> all these ideas into the into the movie, and it, it worked. I mean, it worked. He's a hero. Yeah. No, I, admittedly, I said Captain Planet, and that it started playing song. in my head. <laughs> yeah, if you were born in that time period, you know Captain Planet. Yep. Uh, or as my dad calls it, a uh, liberal propaganda TV hey. show. It's like, shut up. They had the mm. one useless ring part. Yeah, at least the other one. That was the most important The most ring. powerful ring. Um, that did nothing. I was um, going to say, yeah, name one time it actually saved the fucking day. Earth, wind, <laughs> fire, air, water, Everybody. heart. Everybody had Go a, home. Go. <laughs> so, everybody had an offensive ring except for one kid. Yeah, the one kid. <laughs> the the Latinx kid, there you know. Go. The one from South America. There you go. Um, so, and then we get Cody. I'm going to let you take over for this one. This one seems to be your favorite. Sp- oh, God. <laughs> All right. So Spock's brother. 
Uh, I can't remember his name. It also started with it an S. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it really fucking doesn't. Like, let's just be, like, for somehow has some kind of Christian ideology for reasons I you. can't fucking go into. William Shatner directed. Uh, I half, half wonder if he fucking wrote the thing. I'm not going to look it up because the results will only disappoint me. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> if he did write, I'd be like, uh, and then if he didn't, I'd be like, eh, uh, fuck. Like, that means there's, there's some other dumbass that wrote this movie. Because <laughs> I can remember seeing this on on HBO when I was like eight, and even I thought it was dumb back oh, then. Oh, yeah, I, it was my least favorite. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, Spock's brother shows up. Actually, I think and, it might start with a B. So, not Balthazar. No, this yeah. is Either way. Fuck me. I'll tell you. Beelzebub, as far as I care, because... Blistered ass is what it is. Yeah. Um, the the <laughs> final frontier, right? Cybok. Cybok. That's yeah. what his name is. Which Cybok sounds like a Mortal Kombat character, right? It does. Yeah. It feels like he should be a robot, so, one of the androids. Yeah. So uh, he somehow I can't remember a whole lot of well. He hijacks the Enterprise because he wants to go search for God at the center of the universe. Yes. And they find him. Or it, sorry, gaseous cloud kind of thing. I have an announcement. What? Um, starting September 8th, 2020, Star Trek, The First Frontier, it's a movie. Hmm. It is the initial launch of the USS Enterprise under Captain Robert April. Wow. Wow. Okay. Um, I didn't know there was a captain before Pike. Hmm. Uh, <clears throat> my my bad because I I, I, no, I hit this because I saw Frontier and hit it and I was like, oh wait, that's not right. No, that's fine with me. Like, I mean, we've already kind of hit the hot points. I want to like the whole movie was just it was boring. I don't know when Vulcan, you know, when Spock's brother developed a preference for Christianity. I can't remember any of that. is when this one came out. <sighs> I was yeah. four. So I, was, I don't think I saw this one in theaters. Yeah, no, I was two. Like, I definitely didn't, and my parents weren't Trekkies, so there's no way in hell they were going to go see it. Um, so, yeah, they eventually travel to the center of the universe somehow. Spock's brother and his five companions, or however many there were, take over the entire ship. Right. Let's not bother to question that. Right. Uh, you know, and just, he wins them over somehow. Yeah. Like he wins over like most of the crew. Yeah, well, some kind of you know, like cult leader esque. Because why the hell not? I think Waco happened like five years after this, right? Um, so, oh, let's. Uh, I, I, we did skip something very, very essential in uh, the search for Spock. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Christopher Lloyd's Klingon kills his son. Oh, yeah. Which gives Kirk, because this is going to be important for the next movie. Right. Which gives Kirk hatred for the Klingons. Right. Well. Okay. Okay. So, all right, back to Cybok and his yeah, quest and his, for God. Yeah. So they finally get to the planet. I can't remember what the planet's like. Once again, none of these details matters. It's the worst movie. You shouldn't watch it. But. Is this the one where we get the dance with the thing? With the Ohura and the. The feather dance or whatever. I feel like she does this in this movie. 
Could be. I James Cromwell. I blocked not James no. Cromwell. Um, James Cromwell shows up in one of the TNG movies. Okay, that's well. He's he's Zephram Cochran. But yeah. No, this guy actually shows up. He was um, Rachel Ghoul in the animated Batman the animated series. Oh, really? This guy. Um, okay. And he'd shown up in other movies and in episodes of the original series. Okay. I can't remember his well, name. David, so. David, let me see him. Yep, that's what I'm talking yeah. about. David Warner. Mm-hmm. So, he is awesome. So um, we get unfortunately down, he was in this movie. We get down to that planet where their version of God, I guess, is because for some reason in this podcast we happen to come back to these things all the time. A fucking cloud. Oh God, a space cloud. Yes, space space clouds. clouds. And I think Futurama did it really well. They did with the space cloud and the whole that, Star Trek episode. Yeah, which what like their space cloud was God, or they had, or no, because that, that one was a series of flashing lights. I take that back. But they did do a space cloud in Futurama that I remember differently. The green cloud. It was, yeah, um, I can't Morbo, remember. Not Morbo. That yeah, was the, that was the uh, anchor TV anchor. It was. Uh, I but, don't know. It but, sounded nerdy. But somehow the gas cloud needed their starship. To get off the planet right. because how would it fly it? Whatever. Space cloud. <laughs> space right. cloud. Every time a space cloud is in sci-fi or anything, it sucks. So, yeah. So, Cybok is pretty much like, yeah, no, that's cool. You can have the starship. And then Kirk, by the way, no one else is speaking up. No, no, Spock's no. Spock's no. there. He's not saying shit. Like, none of the other crew are saying anything. Cybok's like, yeah, cool. We'll hand over the ship. And then Kirk's like, why would God? Need a starship. Right. And you're just like, no, that's a pretty good question. That should have been the first thing you came up right. with. Right, exactly. Um, just like, <laughs> just like, are you questioning? He's like, fuck you, you're omnipotent. You should know. Like, you right. know, like, exactly. But um, no, it turns into that. And then I can't remember what, I think they use some torpedoes from the ship. Or I something, think, yeah. It's, that matches it's, his energy signature. To it's definitely one it, of yeah. the movies that, uh, let me look on IMDb and see. Just how awful. What I want to see. I want to see what IMDb. Here's the notable thing about this, though, is that I would say this is by far the worst Star Trek movie out of all of them. On your three out of five. Okay, three out of five. Oh, oh shit! (laughs) IMDb is a five point five out of ten. Holy shit! I thought this movie should actually be ranked down there with uh, uh, Dragon Ball Evolution. Oh, my God. It actually ranks higher than Dragon Ball Evolution. Dragon Ball Evolution should have gone negative. Yeah, that movie was horrible, man. Um, I love shows that are... That movie was horrible. Yeah, no, see, I can watch things that are purposely bad, but this was like... William Shatner directing. Yeah, I know. Actually, if William Shatner would have directed Dragon Ball Evolution, I probably would have liked it more. Oh, That's Okay, but, yeah, so you have the that. Kame Kamehameha is the strongest of the airbending techniques. <laughs> I'm Master Roshi, Master Roshi, the principal. <laughs> that was like, you imagine but, Kirk as Master Roshi. That would be hilarious. Um, I would love to hear Kirk say Kamehameha. That's... Oh, I would, I would pay money. Give me... Give me that. But. Humming. But. Humming. The movie. That that movie pissed me off in so many ways. Because, like I said, I was eight when I first saw it. And even I'm like, this is fucking terrible. It's just one of those. I remember it was not my favorite.
Well, it's just one of those, like, I had seen other Star Trek stuff, so I'm like, this should be cool. And mm-hmm. then by the end of it, I'm just like, I don't care. This is a message that never needed to be in the movie. None of this plot makes sense. It was boring as fuck. None of it ever needed to happen. And then you get into that loop where every other one is this never needed to happen. And then your nose bleeds and your parents find you passed out in the kitchen. Right. I don't know. You know. Okay. So I think I can see Cody's turning red. (laughs) The veins in his head are throbbing. Justin Chatwin style. Justin Chadwin style. So we're going to jump to the next one, which was actually a really good one. It was very good. The Undiscovered Country, yes. Star yes. Trek VI. This is the one that I saw was, in the yes. theaters. That was brilliant. This one was amazing. It had a lot and of And Walter, uh, what was his name? Gunning? No, no, no. no. Uh, something Walter. Uh, what was it? On the wrong one. Um, shit. Where is it? We <clears throat> lost it. Uh, David Warner, sorry. Yes. David Warner plays the Klingon. Yes. Mm-hmm. ambassador that gets killed in this one. So he plays back-to-back. He played in the previous movie, then he played in this episode. And I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure he played in one before that, Probably. too. That like, this weird. dude was just a Star Trek alum. Yeah. Oh, yeah, um, This also had Iman, who, was, who is a super uh, model. At the, you know. Married to... Oh, my God, I blanked out his name. Ziggy Stardust. It's David Bowie. David, David Bowie, Bowie, thank yes. you. Oh, my God, I can't believe that and happened. she played... So nowadays we would say she was a trans character, but she played an alien that could morph into yeah, she anything. Didn't. So I can't believe I kissed you. <laughs> yeah. So that was awesome. I mean, for to, to be that far ahead in the movie industry at that time with that concept, because we was, see it now every day. Okay, it was awesome. So we're gonna have to backtrack a little <clears throat> bit after this movie, yeah. Because in this movie, Michael Dorn plays a Klingon. He does. He's oh, there. Shit. He he's their nice. lawyer. You can, tell, you can tell who he is, too. Yeah. yeah he's he's, it, it's it's just Worf, but yeah. it's not it Worf. Worf. Right. Yeah, you can't you can't miss that. Yeah, it's just Worf, but it's not Worf. They call him, well, I don't know Worf, but still. Do they, it, do they actually take any of his ideas in that? Like, so <laughs> I said, do they actually take any of his ideas in that, or is it just under advisement the whole time? I don't <laughs> well, know. Well, I mean, he's definitely their defense attorney. Right. Um, oh, well, so they have And it's already stacked against them, so he's basically just, like, pleading a lost cause. So he's getting Worf. So basically, so Peter's played in that. Who? He played Cisco's father in DS9. Yeah. Peter's. But he was not part of Star Trek. Oh, shit. Yeah. He was Admiral Cartwright. Yeah. 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 He was a bad guy. Yeah. So the whole point of this movie is the Klingons are trying to make peace. And they send an ambassador. Everybody seems to love him in Klingon, you know, on the Klingon. Homeworld, Kronos, which is cool. I love the name of the Klingon home. Kronos, that's an awesome name. Um, Especially because it kind of ties in with, you know, how we named our planets. Mm -hmm. It stays with that kind of same thing, but it's it's one of the Titans. Mm -hmm. Um, Was that, uh, who is that? He's in like every sci-fi thing in the world. Oh, Jeremy Roberts? Yes. Um, (laughs) So, the the Enterprise is tasked with... Uh, escorting this Klingon ship with the ambassador to Starfleet space and through Starfleet. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a big dinner and they talk Shakespeare of all things. Mm -hmm. Um, And the Klingons love Shakespeare for some fucking reason. Uh, They talk about it quite a bit. Um, One of my favorite lines from the movie is when the bad guy Klingon who is involved with the, and this is all a conspiracy. There's a big, huge conspiracy. The Klingon ambassador gets assassinated. 
by two men dressed in uh, Starfleet spacewalk uniforms yes. with uh, magnetic boots and everything. Yes. Um, there's a big deal. There's a big oh I forgot Kirkwood Smith was the Federation wow. president. That's dope. Um, if you don't give us our terms, I'll put my foot in your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Dumbass. Um, so anyway. Wow, another Robocop alum though. No shit. Was, yeah. Peter Weller, go. Kirkwood Smith. Um so anyway, Kirk takes the blame. Kirk and Bones for some fucking reason. Yeah. Oh, because they go over to the Klingon ship after. They don't know what has happened. They go over. Bones goes to try to save the ambassador, see if there's anything he can do. During all of this, the uh, the artificial gravity has been kicked off, hence for the need for the boots, right. the gravity boots. So because they're on the ship, Kirk and Bones get taken prisoner and put on trial in Klingon space. Mm. Um, like we said, it's all stacked against them. And they have to go to Rurapinte, which is a prison mining penal colony. It's an asteroid, actually. But mm-hmm. they built they built a prison within the inner core of the, of the asteroid and they have like a shield. Anyway, um, yeah. So <laughs> I do love because this is where you get to see the uh, the crew trying to get into Klingon space, right. trying to get to Rurapinte, and they have to speak. Klingon, like they're Klingons. Mm-hmm. So they basically have an English to Klingon dictionary, like right. translate dictionary. And so you see Ahura just fumbling through it. Mm-hmm. And they all have to like pretend to laugh. And they're all like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> it's hilarious because right. the whole the whole thing's ridiculous. But uh, you said Iman. 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 Uh, David Bowie's wife, yes. after he came out of the closet and then went back in the closet and said that he was never in the closet, because um, he did that. Yeah. Yeah. He's one of the few people that came out and went, I'm gay. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Uh, David I say, Fuck it. He's, right, David I mean, Bowie. The great, the great white dude, Ziggy Stardust, like, all right, whatever. Exactly. You know. I mean, him playing an alien in, in a movie, it'd be like, oh, you're method acting. Like, that's <laughs> the... <laughs> uh, one of the greatest Jim Henson villains ever. God piece. The Goblin King. Um, what was it? I dated a girl in my uh, late teens, early 20s, who used to call that movie David Bowie and the uh, the Crotch of Doom. Yeah. <laughs> um, it applies. Uh, and oddly enough, that movie was written, that part was written for him. I mean, it makes sense. Uh, and he, he said yes. So I'm happy he did. Nikola well, Tesla yeah. in a Christopher Nolan movie. I know, yeah. And another another historical fact about this movie, this is this is the movie where we got Grace Lee Whitney back. Um, after she'd been in the original series, she came back. Um, Brozak was allowed back on, you know, came back to the series again. This time she was captain, female captain of the Excelsior. Oh, yeah, oh, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. So, yeah. so um, <laughs> I loved it because they have a, a, I don't know who the Vulcan officer is. But she kind of replaced the Kirstie Alley yeah. character. Um, and then you find out that she's part of the conspiracy. And Spock actually has to, like, mind meld with her forcibly. Right. Like, in, it's the first time you see him do the mind meld finger thing, and he gets both sides of her face. Kim Cattrall. Yeah, that's who, that, yeah. That's who she okay. was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lieutenant. Wait, hold on here a second. Christopher Blair's. Plummer? Yes. 
Oh, he was the villain. Yeah. He was Chang. Oh, shh. Cry havoc! And let slip the dogs of war. Yeah. That was him. It was awesome. He, he was a great villain. He is fucking great. Yeah. Um, oh, man. So, very, very, like, one, William Shatner didn't direct this one. Two, I don't know what it was about it. It was just good. It was no, a different was, take on Star Trek. It was an awesome movie. I it mean, was I, political. It was it had a conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. It was a conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Um, you find out that it goes all the way up. In through Starfleet, like with Admiral Cartwright, mm-hmm. um, you find out that the assassin trying to take out the uh, what was his name, Chancellor Gorkon. It mm-hmm. was Chancellor Gorkon's daughter who was going to take his place. Um, and there's an assassin who you think is a Klingon, and then when they kill him, it's not. He's just dressed as a Klingon. Right. Um, he's, there's a mask and everything. It was really good. I remember seeing it in the theaters. Um, I was who shit. the fuck was Christian Slater in that? Oh, he was just some uh, unnamed ensign. Okay, I remember him. <laughs> wow, yeah, he was just like an unnamed yeah, ensign. Uh, <laughs> Anybody sounded like Jack Nicholson in it for a couple seconds. You know who character he was? Hey, there's something weird going on here. Right. Um, <laughs> that was the worst Christian Slater. Uh, anyway, yeah. um, I'm gonna move on. So, okay, <laughs> now we backtrack a little bit. We've come to the end of Star Trek. OG proper. Um, they're on. Are they on? They're on A now, right? Mm. The first, the first Enterprise gets destroyed in the search for Spock. Yeah. So now they're on Enterprise A. Because B is B's, B comes later. I know it's I know it's before C because C was actually had a female commander. And they explained that in TNG. It got lost in space. Yeah. Say okay. Actually, uh, they resurfaced during the and episode. B of TNG. gets explained in generations, but we'll get to that in a minute. Yep. All right. So let's backtrack to nineteen eight because that went up to ninety one, nineteen ninety one. Yep. We'll backtrack to nineteen eighty seven, and Gene Roddenberry's last, the last thing he worked on, actually, Gene as Gene Roddenberry. Yep. Co created, helped create this Star Trek: The Next Generation. Uh, I hate to say it, I am, I am, Picard. Captain Picard is the better officer. I um, I do like that Picard didn't fuck every female that they came across. That was Riker. Yeah, yeah. No, I was gonna say he <laughs> Riker replaced Kirk. They, yeah, he did, they, and he re- he went down. He that's a down. hell of a trade off. That's the uh, and Riker was better than Kirk even. Because he got to sleep with the hot. He ended up marrying the be, hot counselor on the ship. Be careful on this one, man. You're treading some territory. Some Trekkies will find you. Well, yeah, oh, there's there's a fact. There are factions. Oh, I yeah. am definitely. You gotta, you gotta understand though, too, though. Even though uh, Picard wasn't Kirk, Picard still he he still he still played the game. I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah, there were a couple. Yeah, um, so. uh, he never had any kids. Well, even at that, like him and. Him and Kirk almost have a similar philosophy to a certain degree of like there are no losing scenarios. Right. True. Yeah. Every scenario is, you can make it a win scenario. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree. Um, so in it, uh, uh, in the next generation, we have Jean Luc Picard, by played by Patrick Sir Patrick Stewart. Mm-hmm. This is before he's <laughs> Sir Patrick Stewart, though. Um. He was Gurney Halleck. 
in Dune. Yes. David Lynch's yes, Dune. Yes, he was. Love that. Love Gurney that Halleck is being played by Josh Brolin in this new movie. I'm looking forward so, to that. Right, I am I am too. I want to see how this is going to play out. I kind of want Sting to come back, though. Just, you know, why not? Just give, give us I that. I will throwback. kill him! Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I watched the fuck out of the Dune, the David Lynch It day. was good. I even played the game. Me too. Yeah. I did. On, uh, I played on the it PlayStation. On, well, I played I it on... Uh, what was it? The the CD Sega yeah. CD. Hmm. I had it for that. Um, then we have Jonathan Frakes as Commander William Riker. Of course, number one, number mm-hmm. one. If I, I said Commander Wolf's head looked like a fanny, would you join me in a laugh? Yeah, I could get in on that. <laughs> All right, here it comes. <laughs> Commander Wolf's head looks like a fanny. Um, <laughs> My favorite quote that um, Riker had um, from Farpoint Station is when he met Brent Spiner's character Data. He's, yes. He touched his face like smooth as a baby's butt. Oh, yeah. And then that comes back later. It does. That comes back later. And because uh, even Data, he's like as smooth as an android's bottom. And Data's like, nah. <laughs> he yes. touches his face, nah. Um, so, and then we get Brent Spriner as That's Commander Data. Data. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Maria Circus as Deanna Troy. Uh, Maria Sirtis, yeah. Um, Sirtis, 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 Sirtis. Uh, yeah. Uh, I just know that Jonathan Frakes and her went to and did voice work for Gargoyles. Gargoyles, yes. Gargoyles yeah. one of the show. best Disney series ever made. Yes. Hell yeah. Um, and I love the fact that, that I knew that that was oh, Commander Riker and Deanna Troy. Yeah, like, I, I knew it. I was oh, just yeah. like, and then you got David's, uh, Keith David. Who is just amazing? In voice, everything. voice acting, God, and I mean, just live action, God. yeah, just in He's general. He's just great. I remember when he took over for City Confidential, like mm-hmm. a true crime show, yeah. because the original narrator died, and I didn't even realize it because I thought it was him the whole time. <laughs> um, I was like, God, I love Keith David. That's not Keith David. I was like, what? Um, Spawn. That. God damn, he was Spawn in the, the HBO series. Yep. Um, so. Let's I want to say Michael Dorn did some voice work in Gargoyles too. Michael Dorn did a lot of voice work and a lot of things. Oh actually. yeah. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. Michael Dorn as Commander Worf, mm-hmm. or uh, I think it's Lieutenant Worf. Lieutenant Worf at first, yes. Uh, yeah. We got Lavar Burton as Lieutenant Jordy LaForge. Yes. I love that. Um, let's see. I know I'm missing. We got Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton is I was going to say, don't forget Crusher. Will Wheaton. Crusher. We got Gates McFadden. As Gates McFadden. Doctor Beverly Crusher. Doctor Co- Beverly Crusher. Um, you have um, so one of my favorite villain, non-villain frenemies, though, in the very first episode, oh. and I can't remember his name, but Q. Yeah. I love Q. I have a special place in my heart for Q. Oh, I can tell you his name in a second. Um, Q causes more destruction than anybody else. John D. Lancey. Yes, he is awesome. I John love D. him. I am waiting for them to bring him back. I hope he shows up in, in um, Discovery. Well, yeah. yeah, that would be amazing. <clears throat> Discovery would be nice. Ooh, if he showed up in the uh, Picard season two, yeah. that would be dope. Because uh, he would know immediately about Picard. I'm not going to give it away because oh, yeah. he hasn't seen yeah, it yet. Yeah, yeah. But uh, there's something that happens with Picard, and yeah. I feel like Q would be like the only one that would pick up on it immediately. Yeah. Huh. Um, I love Q. I miss Q. Um, you can't. We can also. You can't forget. I know you were talking about Q, but you can't forget also one of the original cast members. Of yeah, TNG. I was. I was getting to her. Okay. I forgot. I got off on a tangent, gotcha. and I got to Q. Um, 
I can't remember her name. Denise Crosby. She was, was um, say, Tasha yeah. Yar. Tasha Yar. Yeah. Um, let me say this. They never showed it, but they did. They did like make, they kind of led you there. But Tasha Yar and Data boned. No, they did. Totally. Yeah. Um, then they totally did. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so Tasha Yar's character is complicated. Because her backstory is, um, she was a female who grew up on a planet that was t- a war torn. Mm-hmm. I knew that she had survived through rape and all that type of things. Because the, the humans on that planet weren't very nice. They were like no, um, they were like in the borderlands, kind of borderlands. borderlands. Sort of lawless. I kind of felt like the mafia kind of mm-hmm. ran the planet. Or yeah. gangs. She said yeah, gangs. Yeah. Gangs. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was very war torn. She was the security officer. So Worf yeah. wasn't even. He was like, wasn't he Helm? At first, um, maybe, I feel like he was maybe, Helm at first. Maybe um, Tasha Yar. Maybe he, I mean he wasn't. He, yeah, he I was the chief of security, but he could have been. Tactical. I remember him originally. He had a red shirt. Yeah, he did. Um, yeah, he did. So and, and, and then yeah. the next generation did something that none of the other ones had before, and it killed off a main character. Tasha Yar, which yeah. is ironic because Tasha Yar comes from Hollywood royalty. These Crosby's That's family true. is Hollywood, or oh, was yeah. Hollywood Royal. Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel like the episode they killed her off in was kind of dumb. It though. was lame. I, the I the agree. blob creature thing. Yes. That was so dumb. The tar creature. It was so, yeah, it was a tar creature. <laughs> just a tar pit, a sentient tar pit. <laughs> there you go. Um, she gets killed off. She touched it or something, and it killed her. It it, it touched her. Oh, it, it came it, out and grabbed her. Yeah. That's right. Um, it dragged her into its... And then, you know, we yeah. get uh, yeah. Lieutenant Worf becomes the so, chief security officer. This tar creature, does it, like, absorb people? Then? Like, is it one of those? Like, So it didn't absorb it. It sucked their life force out, basically. Yeah. It turned up her life energy. Oh, okay. Energy I was going to say, I didn't know if we were kind of basing off that one Stephen King short story, like, so Raft or whatever, was, or was, uh, even the blob from so you know Outer Space. Was, about, like, on Creep Show? You know yeah. how Q yeah. had powers to make things stop and whatnot? It, mm. it, it was semi- it had semi godlike powers, huh. so it could make it could control you if it wanted to. But if it touched you, it could pull you in, and then basically it could keep you alive if it wanted to, or it could kill you. And it chose to, to kill, her. kill her to teach them a lesson that yeah. it doesn't really care about anything; it only cares about what it wants. So, so as a teenager, <laughs> basically, basically, and that's um, how you was yeah. technically. You was yeah, a, absolutely was a, was a kid, a teenager. Um, <clears throat> so and yeah, and then you find out. Basically, it's just kind of a runaround way, but yeah, Yar and Data totally did oh, yeah. the, the horizontal tango. Totally. Um, Especially the episode where they did And it. at this point, I gotta resist that. Data, okay. go ahead. I mean, let's make jokes. That's what we're here for. But so Data she, is basically just a sex droid. Basically. Oh, uh, you know, every now and then you need to have a good Data dump. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, so if you if you that was yeah that was a struggle I got to hold that one back. So there's an episode in the OG um, series where they uh, the Enterprise was investigating a ship that had one of their ships that had lost contact near a planet and everybody on the ship was dead hmm. and it looks like the crew had been back into space. As a matter of fact, this host this same series this same show was put through uh, Enterprise TNG and in the OG series. And basically what you find out there is this, there's some type of virus or some type of um, parasite 
I think it was a virus. But anyways, I fair, it emits some type of um, control of the brain that makes you go crazy. Mm-hmm. And the only way to cure it was to um, basically drink um, Klingon brandy and mix it with another, with Vulcan, <laughs> Vulcan wine and Klingon brandy. Nice. And it was like the antitoxins against the toxins that made you go crazy. Huh. So in that episode in TNG, basically everybody was going crazy. Jordy went to a ship. The same thing had happened. And they, they apparently had back, had um, put it under, um, what did they do with the, with, with they basically quarantined that file. Yeah. They didn't want anybody to really know about it and start mm-hmm. fleeing unless you, unless you have a need-to-know basis. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, Jory went on the ship. He accidentally, yeah, he accidentally got infected by it, brought it back to the ship, was touching everybody, and it spread through touch. Mm-hmm. And um, anyways, Tasha Yar literally used Data because she was in touch. She was already infatuated with him, but she... She was yeah. drunk. It brings a whole new meaning and to the words battery-operated boyfriend. Exactly. Wow. She, yeah, she, she literally used them for Vibrator that. joke. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. You don't have to worry about procreation with Data, at least. Yeah, right here, she, he's not going to get her pregnant. Yeah, unless she click and drag. Spot, I had to watch that. Oh, poor Spot. Uh, <laughs> poor Spot. <laughs> this um, isn't logical. <laughs> so. Well, actually, I guess Data could procreate. Like I said, just click and drag. we'll actually get into that when we get closer to Picard and I know we're like we got an hour left and we've already chewed up a lot of time with just the first six movies so that was the OG TNG cast the the names that we named so then um, a year or two later you're introduced to Guinan um, I thought Guinan came in in the first season she wasn't the OG was she not part of the original cast okay so yeah Whoopi Goldberg shows up yeah um, I loved Guinan every time Guinan showed up because she wasn't an every time character. She just a regular right. on the show. Right. Um, kind of like how uh, Brian Pesane was a regular towards the end of Big Bang. Yeah. Um, still my favorite. Bert, one of my favorite. It's just because I've met the dude and the dude's so cool. Um, and he kudos again to Brian Pesane for finally getting in Star Trek world or Star Wars world. Right. Um, but anyway, I digress. Uh, Guinan Guinan is just the key source of a lot of lore mm-hmm. in Star Trek um, whoever decided to bring her aboard holy shit that was a great idea mm. um, one of my favorite Star Trek movies uh, not my top one but it's in my favorites was Generations yes. that bridged the gap between the OG series yes. and the new series how, how far into TNG's run was Generations uh, I think at the end okay I, I think it sense. showed up. I think Generations happened at the end because <clears throat> um, they didn't start doing movies with the the next generation until it was over. Oh let yeah, me, uh, actually, let me ch- double check that because I know Generations has that odd distinction of being one of the movies in the franchise that actually got one of the actors in a death threats for God knows how long. Uh, which one? Uh, Malcolm McDowell. Generation? No, Generation. Why? He was great. Generations was ninety four. See, it was wasn't. It? Okay. it wasn't such a problem that he was great. It was who he killed. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. He killed Kirk. Yes, he did. Uh, yeah, and then the uh, Kirk got killed by a rickety ass bridge. <laughs> like that's, pretty much. I mean, <laughs> let's just uh, throw that out there. Like, I love Malcolm McDowell. Malcolm McDowell. Oh god, yeah. Uh, Caligula, great movie. He was also interesting. Indian. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, he was. Clockwork yeah. Orange. Right. Shit. Malcolm McDowell has done a Slipknot music video. He's done wow. everything. 
in his uh, career at this one point. of my favorite things Malcolm McDowell did he did with James Earl Jones it was a sprint commercial and they were reading teenage girl text messages that's hilarious and it is the only time you will ever hear James Earl Jones go totes <laughs> and then Malcolm McDowell goes totes my goats oh, um, wow. it is so awesome I suggest everybody just YouTube the Sprint commercials with James Earl Jones and Malcolm McDowell just reading text messages. It is amazing. Oh, his his introduction, even in, oh, I mean, he does video games. He does everything. Hell, Fallout Robot 3. Chicken. Oh, yeah. He's done Robot Chicken. Um, and honestly, I kind of think Malcolm McDowell is just hard up for some cash because he really does take everything kind of like uh, Nicholas Cage will you basically just throw a script at him and he'll do it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think Malcolm McDowell because he's sure. classically trained and yeah. he's he's just a great actor. He can deliver the lines. He has a really cool he was voice. in Heroes. Mm-hmm. He was one of the villains in Heroes. Malcolm McDowell is amazing. Um, Legit, yeah, Generations uh, 94. and then one of the best new movies was First Contact. Yes, but let's First, before we get ahead yeah. of ourselves. We got to talk about the cyborgs, otherwise known as the hive mind the Borg, um, because we get we can't move on until we talk about the Borg. Because I want to get one left, one quick whip in. Go for it. We go to the Borgs. Mm-hmm. We're speaking about Guinan. Oh yeah, Guinan tripped me out because she's one of the only few people who Q is afraid being, of. Is afraid of. He's omnipotent, <laughs> but he's afraid of Guinan's race. He like he. Huh. Want, he he, he doesn't to... like her at all. The whole Borg episode where he they in, they introduce the Borg for the first time, mm-hmm. Q flips his shit because Guinan's there. Right. Um, and there's another episode where they go back in time. Right. Data gets shot back in time somehow, and Guinan's there. Right. Back on, in time. She's hundreds wild, wild of years old. Um, in fact, uh, Picard... I was going to say Kirk. and I, Every time I went to go correct myself, it was coming out Kirk. Right. Um, Picard is like, wow, your people really do live a long time. Right. Um, and in fact, because Guinan was on Earth at that time, she survived the board <clears throat> taking a killing in her planet, taking over her planet huh. and annihilating her people. Wow. That Mark Twain. That yeah. Mark Twain episode. Yeah, the Mark Twain episode. He that. was a dick. <laughs> uh, I just saw that within the last month or so. Right. Yeah. Um, another epi- another thing that they never really cleared up was the episode, and we talked about this, I think, last time we recorded, but the episode where you find out there are two Rikers. Yes. Um, mm. Basically, the real Riker and a clone due, due to an accident through the transporter, and they're just two Rikers running around in the Star Trek universe, yes. you know, and we don't know which one's which. We don't know which one is the original. Yeah. Like, of course, um, what was Jonathan Frank's um, Riker's full name? Because one goes by Thomas Frank, and the other one goes by... Um, Thomas Riker. Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, William T. Riker. And the other goes by William Riker. So the one that we think is the original is William Riker, the one who is may or may not be the original is Thomas Riker. That's yeah. how they divided them up. So, yeah. So, yeah, you have... And, and at the end of that episode, you had Commander Riker and Lieutenant, Lieutenant. Riker. Um, and Lieutenant Riker left the ship. So, uh, you know, you don't know which one's which because Lieutenant Riker was 
all about that Deanna Troy ass, whereas <laughs> yeah. Commander Riker was all about that career. Right. Um, yeah. So. And they did that to show you, which, you know, in his youth, Enzati or Deanna was his focus. But after whatever happened between the two, he focused more on his career. Well, after what happened on that planet changed his career path because right. he saved almost everybody or he saved everybody on that planet. Right. He went down there and orchestrated the rescue. And because when he came back, uh, he got commended, he got put on a fast track to better career, you know, a to fast commander, career captain, commander. To captain, yeah. yeah. Um, despite the fact that in the very beginning, you find out that Starfleet's mad at Picard for picking Riker as his first mate, right. his first officer. Well, because he, uh, I think he hit his last captain. Like he, not mutinied, but definitely yeah. he just barely escaped a court martial. Right. And so they were actually getting ready to start demoting him, and that's when Picard was like, "No, no, him." Right. Um. So that's why him and Picard are so close is because. Mm-hmm. When, at a time when he should have been oh, yeah. basically in the brig, Picard saved him and scooped him up, which very much so kind of remind me of the kind of mind reminded me of uh, Michael. Okay. In Discovery, I was right. just like, okay, so they're kind of going the Riker route with mm-hmm. this, but right. she's the main character instead right. of. Um, uh, you do find like the Next Generation did a lot of funny things, uh, mm-hmm. especially towards the end, where we're like. Worf and Troy were kind of having a yeah, thing. Yeah, they did have that a was a, yeah. thing. Well, that was actually, it was a, he had gone into an alternate universe where they were together. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of, after that episode... He wanted to explore. He, he, yeah, he kind of tried. Um, then he ends up going on to DS9 and he marries some kind of weird... Dax. Minor Trill Dax. Tricks, Dax, I was going to say Dax. She was a Trill. She was part of the Trill race. Which yeah. were humanoids who... Um, some of them were compatible with this native species, which are basically um, originally were parasites, but they like these big brains, oh, and yeah. they live in in water or, or mm-hmm. aquas, and so they can bond with the with those humanoids. Huh. With some, not all of them, because apparently you have to be a, apparently all trills can be bonded with a with a, a true trill symbiote, but they they're scientists hid it because they don't want everybody bonded with a right. ancient creature. So, um, <laughs> Sorry about that. once we get into DS9, <laughs> you, you're going to have to take over because I don't know shit. Yeah. Um, so, now we can talk about the board now. <laughs> okay. So, well, Guinan, we got, we got Guinan. Oh, well, I was going to say, if we're talking about the board, they have a very unique place in Star Trek history, if only because they were able to assimilate Picard. Yep. Lacutus of Borg. One of the few uh, Borg to have a name. Yes. Yeah. Because other ones are just... Uh, five of ten or yes. three of six. Seven of um, nine. Seven <laughs> of nine. <laughs> but actually, you find out that she does have a name, and her name is Annika. Oh. Yeah. Um, Jerry Ryan. Oh, my God. Right. Jerry Ryan. She's awesome. Yeah. Um, I remember this, one of the last episodes of The Simpsons, uh, Burns was trying to get home, had given Homer, I don't know what Homer was, was to Burns, but Burns was having fun with Homer doing shit. Mm-hmm. And Homer was kind of his minion. So he gives Homer a fuck ton of money to go get issue number one of Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And Homer walks into the comic shop where the fat guy's at. He's like, I would like issue number one of Spider-Man. And the comic guy goes, and I would like 30 minutes on the holodeck with Seven of Nine. Yeah. <laughs> you know? you got to understand, Seven of Nine was actually a one-off character. And um, she was beloved. And they, the fans loved her. And 
That's part of the reason why um, we lost, um, what's her name? The other alien character in, in Voyager. Um, oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. A little blonde. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember her. Uh, see, I don't remember much about Voyager. Like, once Star Trek ended, or the next generation ended, right. I kind of was just done. Yeah. Um, I would follow the movies right. all the way up to Nemesis, which was fucking awful. I was going to um, say, Nemesis was the one that I'm like, it it's funny, because even though you have two of the worst ones that came in the original crew, somehow Nemesis was the straw that broke the camel's back and yeah, just went, nope, fuck it. Nemesis was right. sort of the, the, the downfall. That one was movies. directed by Brent Spriner, too. Oh, really? Yeah, Brent That's Spriner directed sad. it because he's the one that demanded Data die. Oh, now that works. Except he, well, kind of does, kind of doesn't. Um, B4? It doesn't, you find out in Picard that doesn't work. Oh, really? Yeah, Man. well, actually... The, the events that led to the creation of the Kelvin timeline mm -hmm. uh, kind of, I really wish you'd been able to at least see a couple episodes of Picard because uh, I don't want to ruin anything for you, but it delves into what happened with the Romulus rescue. Oh, okay. What happened and, and when Romulus got destroyed. Um, it so does. it picks up literally, like that's what I love about Picard it literally, whereas the Kelvin universe went the direction of, we, it created a whole new timeline, this was the other side of it. Yeah. Right. So it, it was like, you watch the first movie, and then watch Picard, and you get the entire event. Right. It was like, when Picard started, it was the other half that you didn't know you were missing. Right. Let's get it. Another thing about Lakitas... Um, huh. You're about to say some gold. Oh, no, no. No, I'm fine. I was going to say we should just get a quick Eric Mana cameo just real quick. <laughs> just watch him. So, Lachutis, like we were saying early on, Lachutis was very important because, like you said, it was the first time a board was ever given a name instead of a designation. It is so entwined and so important that even in Picard, when he got. Dang, you haven't seen it yet. Let's just say that every board recognizes Picard as Lachutis. Yes. It every board, they, past, uh, present, See, Even the ones that are unplugged and have their individualism yeah. back, they see him and immediately say, Lacutus. Yes. They know him. <laughs> okay. Um, I was going to say, can you actually really ever get fully deborged? Yes. Um, it stays with you, but Picard is proof that you can. Yeah. Um, he didn't end up. He didn't end up with any of his upgrades or uh, what do they call them? Uh, Enhanced, enhancements. Um, yeah. That like he he got rid of all of his enhancements. <sighs> Damn it! I wish you'd have seen Picard, because um, I've almost let so it slip. There is uh, a thing. So there's a cortical node that they have um, that's in their brain that that technically most people can't take. It depending on how much what what you were programmed for, you can't take it out. I think he got that removed too because that that makes you stay connected as uh -huh. far as like you can deactivate it, but it also can reactivate if you're near a board queen that's strong enough to reactivate it. And she can, they can still sense each other because that's, that's, that plays out in some TNG episodes coming to the end. Yeah. Where they're finding the board. Even actually, first contact. I was going to say, first contact. Yeah, yeah, yeah it plays out first that. contact. Yeah. So. Um, which is where we meet Zephram Cochran. Yes. Um, <laughs> but before that, I do want to get into this. There were some very great episodes of The Next Generation. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. God, I can't think of his name. He was the lawnmower man in the movie, oh, The Lawnmower Man. man. Uh, Berkeley. Insane. Xander Berkeley? No. Some Instant Berkeley? Oh, uh, uh, that was a long oh, time. Oh, I thought you were um, Wait. He played Barkley. Barkley. Yeah. Okay. 
uh, the whole part where basically they did the lawnmower man yeah. as an episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation. Wait, yeah, they, they did. No, I don't remember the original. Um, But anyway, uh, he basically sets up this computer thing in the holodeck, and he ends up basically being the lawnmower. Yeah, Dwight Schultz. Dwight Schultz. Okay, yeah. Um, Thank you. So that he they have characters. They did more with like side characters in the next generation. They did. Yeah. Um, We have uh, Chief Mm O'Brien. Oh. um, what's his name? Miles um, O'Brien. His real name is because I love because he's also a, a Stargate alumni. Um, oh yeah, he is. Duhan. No, yeah. Co- no, Colmini. Colmini. Yeah, Colmini. I loved him. Uh, he ended up jumping jumping over to Deep Space Nine. Yes, he did. Where you actually see him actually have he was, he became a main character and he, he has was. a family and stuff. Um, he was awesome. He was a Barkley. He was an incomplete guy. Yeah, <laughs> Barkley. Uh, and he ended up kind of going megalomaniac. Uh, I just loved because you had more characters, and they didn't—they weren't in every episode, but they were in enough that when they popped up, you were excited to see them. Exactly. And they weren't the villains, right? You know, they were just extra characters. You know, you got a starship this huge. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of crew members, and we were focused on ten. And you, you know, and you have Barkley, like we mentioned earlier, who was infatuated with Deanna Troy. Yes, uh, he, he was. He, his diaries, he wrote in how he wrote love stories, and he actually created a holiday program, which Deanna found was like, uh, excuse you. Right, pretty <laughs> you much. <know>? Um, <laughs> there was an ensign that comes along and afterwards. They, and that's how Star after, Trek uh, predicted deep fakes. <laughs> <laughs> there was an ensign, ensign Roe. Ensign Roe. She ends up being a big part. Uh, her and Riker kind of have a thing. They do. Um, you know, Riker is Kirk. Yeah. Right. I mean, right. Um, Michelle Forbes. She played Rose Lauren. Yeah. Or Lauren, however you want to pronounce it. Yeah. She was um beta. That was the first time you get introduced. To, what's your big? No, she wasn't a beta Z. She, she was because I mean, the first was time you get introduced with a beta Z was Troy. That's, no, I'm sorry. I wasn't. I was thinking. Um, sorry. They, they, Bajoran. I was thinking. Bajoran. Bajoran. Yes, Bajoran. Um, and I don't think she was the first because I think they, they talked about the Bajorans on Deep Space Nine. They did. That was a, that's what these Deep Space Nine was. Bajorans, the Bajorans and the Kardashians. Yes. Um. And simple. <laughs> yeah. They, they sort of went um, Latter-day Saints. I just remember that uh, I just remember the that that Roe was, was uh, I was like, wow, I yeah. like I like Roe. Roe makes something happen in my loins that I don't understand. She's real hot. I agree. You know, and uh, Riker, I was totally jealous of Riker because Riker was definitely getting to like tap that ass. Um, listen, listening yeah. to you two right now, this is how you're going to feel whenever you listen to the Warcraft podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do know a lot about Star Trek. I am not. Did you guys ever? I know it's a little off topic. Yeah, she's hot. Um, it's a little off topic, but not really. Did you guys ever see the movie Trekkies? Yes. yes oh, God. Yeah. Where they, these people wear the Starfleet uniform every day like they're in Starfleet. That's what made me turn to, against Star Trek. Oh, really? Doing that the super shit. fans. Uh-huh. Halloween's fine. <laughs> That's cool. I'll cosplay as a, a Starfleet officer. I want to cosplay as just a Jedi. Yeah. I don't have to be any specific one. Just, I just want to be a Jedi. Why don't you just cosplay as half Starfleet, half Jedi? Right. Just do that. And just infuriate yeah. everybody. Oh, exactly. So as a fan note, she also, um, the, the actress that played um also was in True Blood as a a nymph goddess. 
So you, hell you yeah, I, I need. I might need to watch True Blood. <laughs> anyway, um, so I don't know why I just had this thought. So in TNG, they're the last one that actually get movies. Yes, until nope. Yep. No, they are. <laughs> yeah, they are. Uh, well, the, this new movie, the, uh, the the Final Frontier, or the, the first frontier, the first yeah. frontier. Uh, it's uh, that that'll be the first one, and it's not any of the original cast. That yeah, I mean, like it's, any of the, it's not it's not Kelvin, it's not TNG, it's not the OGs. Well, it, it'll be one of the first movies. We all definitely knew that the Bacula series was not getting its own movie. Enterprise, yeah, no. Inter- See, I, no. Enterprise gets shit on, but I loved Enterprise. So here's the thing with Enterprise. In my, this is my take on it. I loved Enterprise because it gives you a backstory about uh, before mm-hmm. Starfleet and the early Starfleet, days. UFO, the United Federation planets. It gives you that, but also it gives you the terror inside of the story because um, we all know about the mirror verses, mm-hmm. but. Um, before the mirror verses became a big plot, there were still even in in the current in the regular universe that we know as Prime Universe, there are still factions of humans from planet Earth who are super xenophobic and didn't want these aliens coming in. Mm. And you know, and you have that in in, in Enterprise. That's they tell okay. you about that in Enterprise. Let's, That's where everything. Split. And I know Enterprise like, is where the mirror verse was yeah. split from the regular verse. That's maybe. where you can actually go and say, "Hey, this is." So I know that maybe it was more we're getting up there. We're on a little ahead of its time. Maybe. We're getting close to, you know, we're talking about the the TNG movies. We're getting close to, you know, we're talking a little bit about Deep Space Nine. Yeah. But we definitely need to talk about Voyager. Yeah. Because there's something about Voyager that I've always found interesting is the faction of ex-Starfleet officers that are actively trying to take out Starfleet. And they get shipped off. Kind of like when Q flicked Enterprise into the Borg territory. So okay, so before we get into that, actually that's DS that's DS Nine territory. Really? That continues on in in Voyager because Voyager took off where DS Nine left in that in the Briar Patch area. Yeah, yeah. Um, so okay, so you have a faction. Um, they're not necessarily trying to take over Starfleet. What they're trying to do is create a separate. They're trying to take the outer world and make it be governed by itself and not by Starfleet because they are tired of aliens mm-hmm. and all this. They are sort of xenophobic. But there's a certain section of um, the borderlands which is perfect. The only problem is it's on the border, it's, it's on the border of Cardassia. And Cardassia lays claim to that area. So they have an issue with Cardassians. Okay. And so they form an alliance with the Bajorans who have been fighting the Cardassians since forever because, you know, like anything, you can always have um, conflict where people who think they're different are not really different. They they, they, right. they come from the same source. Right. I know the Kardashians look weird. They do. Whereas the Majorans don't look that weird. And that's where the whole temple thing comes into play, which I'm not going to talk about because we're trying to get to Voyager. So basically, um, you have the. Um, oh, There's another reason I want to get to Voyager. You have the um, Maquis. That's what they're called. The Maquis, call Maquis. That's Maquis. right. The Maquis. The Maquis is a faction of um, humans and Majorans who are trying, not necessarily trying to overthrow Starfleet. But they're trying to keep Starfleet out of a certain. I know there's a lot of star ex Starfleet officers with them. because they and, and the reason because they feel that Starfleet has changed. So you know, and Picard how Picard says Picard, Starfleet, has changed. Starfleet is definitely changed. They 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 see that they've already seen that it's changing from Starfleet helping people to Starfleet being in their own bubble and the people that need the help they're not supporting. Right. So that's what the Marquis technically was, and that's what that's what you. It's you, definitely definitely like a. Like a parallel to yes. like America. Yeah. 
Exactly. And, and that's totally apparent. And that's what DS9 was about. DS9 was about the problems that we faced. And in D- I do know, I do want to say this. DS9 was the first dark series. It was. Because yeah. it, it was definitely a darker series. And I think that's why I didn't like I was young. <coughs> I was a kid. And I think that's why I didn't like it. Is because it was so dark. There are episodes um, of DS9 that you watch now and you look at what's what's happening and what's going on, where you're like, oh whoa, that was that's Yeah, it prophetic. felt a little more more political. It's prophetic. I mean yeah. you see stuff that's happened right? that, that they illustrate that's happening, you know, it's like, whoa, okay. Um I just know that the guy <laughs> the guy that created DS9 uh, mm. had a blue beard. Mike Berman was it? Yeah, he he had he he had like a beard similar to mine, mm-hmm. except he dyed it it was just like a goatee mm-hmm. and he dyed it blue. Because <laughs> I remember seeing interviews with him with his blue beard. Um, and he was bald like I am. DS9 um, was also the first black captain of any of the Star Trek series. That's what I like. Because uh, now we're getting into the territory where we're starting to see diversity. Yes. Um, and not for diversity's sake. No. Like, it was just, it just fit. Right. And they put they picked people that fit. And I loved it. Because as I'm wanting, there's, there's a reason I'm wanting to get to Voyager. And I think you two know why. Voyager was the first female lead captain. Yeah. Born Bloomington, Indiana. Indiana. Yes. Yep. I still haven't made it out yes. to see the statue, but I want to. COVID started. They were supposed to be a big unveiling of well, it. She was supposed to be here for it, if I remember correctly. Yeah, she was. Yeah. Um, and I knew people would have gone nuts because she was red and orange is the new black. Yeah. Right. Um, but Captain Janeway. Captain From Janeway. Bloomington, Indiana. And was a badass captain. Yeah, she was a great captain. She took the Maquis because the Maquis, they got stranded with Voyager crew Those out in the Delta Quadrant. Yeah, they, yeah that was. She brought on yeah. uh, Chicote as her first mate, even though he was with the Maquis. Yes. Um, she basically laid down the law and said, we're going to run this Starfleet way. Right. There is a chain of command. I know in the earlier episodes, well, so, well, some there of them was were problems Starfleet, with that. We're Starfleet cadets, actually. Some mm-hmm. of the Maquis that she that came that got pushed into the um, other quadrant were Starfleet cadets. Like um, their engineer, she literally was a Starfleet cadet. She got out and decided to join the Maquis because she was like, you know, it's a Federation. I don't, and she was the engineer, the chief. The so, chief the chief engineer. So, yeah. Let's jump back. And you got Paris. Jump back just because I wanted to get that out because yeah. it was driving me nuts. Uh, so we got. Cap, uh, is it Captain Cisco? Yes, Captain Cisco. Captain Cisco, uh, who was played by uh, Hawk. No, I'm sorry. He played Hawk in the old Spencer for Hire series yeah. back in the day. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, what's my boy? My, my dude's name. Hold on. Deep Space Nine. I got it pulled up. So we got Avery, Avery Brooks. Avery Brooks. Yes. Avery Brooks was Captain Benjamin Cisco, and then we had Renee. Aberwall, uh, Aberwall, who was Odo, yeah, and he was also Louis the chef on yes, uh, Little Mermaid. I will never live that down. Let, that live down. Another Star Trek in Boston Legal. He yes, yeah. he was in show. Boston Legal. Yeah, um, we had uh, Jake Cisco, Captain Cisco's son. Um, yes, the Rock Lofton. Rock Lofton. Alexander <laughs> and uh, Siddig all, was Doctor. Descendants of the singers. Yeah, so. Alexander Siddig yeah. was um, Doctor. Bashir, Dr. Who, uh, Julian yeah. Bashir, who also was in um, Game of Thrones. Yes. And then we had uh, Colm uh, Mille- uh, Manny, yeah. which was Chief O'Brien. Right. Um, Another thing you guys don't know about, I'm sorry, I'll say that to finish this, finish your podcast. 
I was, I, one thing you don't know about the, the Alexander Sadiq, a lot of you guys may not know is he's actually um, from British um, acting uh, royalty. His mother. Yeah, um, I know you're talking about. Yeah, his mother was a was a famous British. Um, was she a dancer, or actress, something like that? But his father was from. Um, his father's family came from. I want to say not Somalia, but somewhere near that north. Uh, it was one northern west western northern Africa. Mm. His his grandfather on his father's Shit, side. He went to the Royal Shakespeare Company. Yeah, yep. his his grandfather was actually ruler of a of an African nation. And, Damn, um, man. Yeah, so yes. he comes from royalty on both sides of his family. It's insane. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we got Julian Bashir. Sudan. 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 Oh, That's where his father's yeah. side of the family comes from, the Sudan. Yeah, because he's definitely olive-skinned. Yes. Uh, Nana Vister, who was Major Kira. Because he was, yeah, because he, yeah. he was Doran. He was Doran. He was Doran. He was He was, he was uh, Ra's al Ghul in Gotham, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. Who? Bashir? City. Uh, um, I was Alex yeah. Saint. Oh, I think he that's kind of yeah, kind of spot was. on. Actually. He he was. Yeah. I still can't get behind Gotham, and they're getting ready to like reboot it. What? Yes, already. Yes, yeah. Yeah. they're okay. getting ready to reboot it, and I don't understand why. It's going to be an HBO Max series. Yeah. Um, I get get over it. Batman without Batman <laughs> is crap. Um, that's Terry. that's my soapbox today. Right. You got um, Terry Farrell. Yeah, uh, Farrell. Sorry, uh, she played Jazia Dax, the first Dax. Yeah. Okay. There were two Daxes. Yeah, there were two actors um, Dax. Well, before we get that, we got Armin Sherman. Sherman, who was Quark. Shimmerman. Sorry, I'm Shimmerman. He was Quark. Great, great. He's about <laughs> the only one that I can remember because I liked him. Yes. He was sleazy. He was wasn't he just like a so, Quark was yeah Quark was he was uh, like a business like Quark. a shady businessman. Quark. I mean, he was Ferengi. So Ferengi's okay. in case people don't know about Ferengi. The Ferengi laws of acquisition. Yes. It was uh, I worked with a Trekkie doing sales, so that was we always quoted the. Once you have their money, never ever under any circumstances <laughs> give it give back. It back. <laughs> that's, that's what rule. What the law of acquisition. Yep. Uh, Michael Dorn shows up later as uh, the next generation ends. He switches over to, to he does. Uh, Deep Space Nine just to ride that train a little longer. He does. Um, uh, let's see. Colmini, uh, which you've already mentioned. He, yeah. was, he, he actually left in TNG because I think they, I think TNG got to a point where they didn't need him mm-hmm. as the chief engineer because they were focused on Georgia LaForge more. So, yeah. yeah. So he had already, when, that, when DS9 came out, he, hey, I'll do it. Sure he didn't leave so, that to do Con Air. <laughs> I just wanted to touch because we did it with the other s- series. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to do that with the Deep Space Nine, and then um, later on, um, you had the second Dax, which was Nicole. Yeah, that's who I was looking for. Nicole DeBoer. Mm-hmm. Uh, she played the, the the Dax, the the other Dax after um, a totally separate character, but she still had the Dax symbiote. So she still she played herself plus the Dax symbiote. And that was, okay. that's Is that the, the one that that Worf married? Yes, Ezri. Well. Worf married um, Terry Farrell's Dax, Jadzia Dax. Okay. But then he tried, he, for a minute there, he tried to get into a relationship with Ezri Dax, which was the new actress on Nicole De, um, DeBoer. Mm-hmm. But she was into um, Sadiq's character, Julie Bashir's character. Bashir? So okay. her, she and Bashir got together. I just remember that that they had, that, a, they had a, his love triangles. One, yeah. one of the few episodes of Deep Space Nine I remember was the Clockwork Orange episode. Mm-hmm. It was a Bashir heavy episode, oh, damn. and oh, it was yeah, basically Clockwork Orange. Yeah, um, it was. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it was really weird. It was a bad dude did done bad things and the clockwork orange demon he forgot okay. and stuff. Yeah. It was a uh, definite clockwork orange episode. Um, that's about one of the only ones I can remember, really. Uh, and then again, I don't know much about Voyager. I did watch more of Voyager than I did of Deep Space Nine. But here's the thing. I didn't even realize Voyager was on for seven seasons. I thought it yeah. was only on for four. No. So it, it, it actually made it a minute. Um, so basically, so the big difference is... Um, the first one to shit the bed as far as seasons went was, was Enterprise. Yeah. yeah. The, the big thing is, so once DS9 was ending, um, uh, getting ready to end, they came up with something else to link. Because they were still telling the story of the Maquis when DS9 ended. Because um, basically, DS9 basically ended with... Um, Cisco ascending because he was a prophet. They did this whole I, I remember Messiah hearing thing. about that. Right. Um, and he basically was on his journey to be a savior of Bajor and to unite the Kardashians and the Bajorans because they were one people who separated because of the, the, the raw pops and the. Anyways, so then we definitely. See, yeah, it, it starts out very political and ends very religious. religious. Yeah. It does. Um, and I think that was another reason because even and at that age, I was already starting to feel like. I was starting to kick against religion. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I think that was another reason why I stayed away from Deep Space Nine. What age yeah. was that? The age of reason? No, right, exactly. Um, uh, so about jokes. 12. So you, um, have, so you still have the Marquis story that storyline that, was, that had sort of been wrapped up but not completely wrapped up because you still had the Marquis fighting the Federation um, and the Kardashians still. And so then that's where DS9 came. I'm sorry, that's where Voyager came to place. Um, Voyager, this new advanced ship, it was more advanced than the Enterprise. It was a science vessel, though. Catherine Janeway. And yeah, Captain Catherine, Janeway. Catherine Janeway. And they were investigating this anomaly, and they just so happened to run into some Maquis. And this anomaly happened to be this semi-omnipotent creature, shapeshifter. To be honest, it could have been a founder. I don't know. It could have been a Q. It could have been a Q. Well, no, it wasn't a Q because it was like this crystalline creature. But it was it had similar powers. To the then Q? Okay, cool. And... um. It, um, I do know that Q showed up on D Space Nine. He does. I remember he has an he, infatuation for Janeway. Hmm. Uh, on Deep Space, in Deep Space, I know he did. Deep I'm sorry, Space you said Deep Space Nine. Yeah, he does show up on Deep Space Nine. He showed up on because I remember he did the whole thing about the, the uniform. Oh, you changed the uniform. I like these better. Yeah, you know, he, I remember he showed him up doing on Deep, Deep Space Nine because of Picard's love interest, um, and start in TNG, who's who was Vash. Mm-hmm. Picard, he, he he fell in love with uh, an adventure chick who was also a swindler. Named Vash, she was a um, art uh, uh, geological. She was a thief, basically. So anything that was of value that was historical, she was still it. And oh, okay. Kind of like a corrupt Indiana Jones. Yeah, exactly. See, and, and Picard was into that. In, they sort of made Picard Indiana Jones in a sense because he was into that mm-hmm. stuff too. And they met each other. Anyway, she winds up on DS Nine. She was following her because she has some artifact that she shouldn't have, and he tells her he's following her because of that, and that's how she gets into um, DS Nine. That's I funny. didn't realize he showed up on Voyager. See, and then he yeah. pops up in Voyager just out of curiosity. Yeah. He, he's still he's searching for Federation stuff, and then he just... You know, why are you out here in the Delta Quadrant? Right. You're far away from home. Exactly. Um, he was curious. He was, you know... Yeah. So, uh, let, let's run through real quick. How much time? We, uh, uh, we're right at like an hour 50. Oh, okay. okay. We got, cool. we got, yeah, we got some time. time. All right. Uh, we can yeah, briefly touch on the series that he hasn't seen yet. Yeah. So, uh, uh, ramble through DS9 right quick. Like, DS9, um, they get flung into the Delta Quadrant. Voyager. Voyager gets, I'm sorry, Voyager. <laughs> yes. Let me uh, let me uh, get back on. I am. Voyager gets flung into the Delta Quadrant. Yeah, when you, when by you the said caretaker. 
whole religion aspect in Star Trek, it kind of just like makes my blood boil just because of the whole. Yeah. <laughs> so we got uh, Kate Mulgrew, who is Captain Catherine Janeway. Janeway yeah. uh, Robert Boltan, who is uh, Commander Chicote. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roxanne Dawson is Lieutenant Balana Torres. Torres. Uh, I'm, there's a couple that I'm wanting to get to. Robert Duncan McNeil was Tom Paris. I remember so, Paris. I ask uh, Ethan Phillips yeah. was Neelix. What was Neelix? I gotta ask. He was Laxon. Um, Laxon. Well, I mean, what was his purpose? Um, he was the cook, the chef. Oh, and, that's and right. He was also like their 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 um, linguist, I guess, the trader. He was the trader guy for them. Yeah, he would help them negotiate with others. So Neelix. Um, Robert Picardo was Love the him. doctor. Love that dude. Another and then this one kind of, I like him because he shows up in something else that has nothing to do with Star or Star Trek. Uh, Tim Russ was oh Lieutenant goodness. Tuvok. He's been in everything. He was the principal in iCarly. Yes. And he would say, instead of Jesus Christ, he'd say cheese and rice. Uh-huh. And I thought that was fucking hilarious. He's also a Revenge of the Nerds, if I Really? I want to I say remember he's, that. Old, he's, old, he's old school. He's, he's uh, done a ton of things. Ensign, uh, you got uh, Garrett Wang was Ensign Carrie Tim, <laughs> uh, Harry Kim. Uh, I was going to ask the obvious question, but you said you already said And then Jerry Ryan. What? What, which series was Mark Shepard in? Uh, <laughs> uh, I, Voyager. Uh, was he? Yeah. It was Voyager? It was Voyager. Uh, Jerry Ryan, Seven of Nine. Um, Jennifer Lynn was Kess. And Palaxa. Wasn't there something similar to Dax on Voyager? We're mm, like trill, one, no. Well, not like Trill, but it was like she was one thing and then she sacrificed her energy but didn't die was, and she was somebody was different. Kiss. Was it Kess? Um Yeah, so Kess um character, um forgot what they what the species were called, but they had um two life cycles. They had, okay, yeah. They had a corporeal life cycle and they could give birth to themselves. They, so they gave birth through their backs. I hate to be a female giving birth through my back mm, or a yeah. male. Um, basically, the, the baby puts goes into a pot in the back and then they rupture out of the back. Anyways, but the, so they have a corporeal life cycle, then they have a non a non corporeal life cycle in which they're like energy and they're like super power. They're basically like the freaking caretakers. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's very insane. They're like the cube, to be honest. That's very cool. energy. <laughs> so um I'm trying to think we did skip over a couple of movies so we had first contact probably the greatest uh, of really good. the greatest of the next generation cast yeah first contact is still one of my favorite Star Trek movies awesome. period yeah nice uh we have to do an episode just just real quick holiday drive-in last weekend or the weekend before yeah. The Empire Strikes Back and yeah. Spaceballs That's were the two hilarious. movies. I wish I could have gone to see them. I, that would have been so awesome. That would have been but uh, anyway, uh, so we had after the fir- after first contact, we had when they started dropping off because before Nemesis was Star Trek Insurrection. Yes, this is where oh, Jordy yeah. got his eyes back. Yeah. This is where Riker got his libido back for Deanna Troy. Mm-hmm. This is where Riker shaved his beard for the first time since, like, season one. Yeah. And that's where we get smooth as an android's bottom, and Data reaches up yeah. and rubs his face, and he's yeah. like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
you Picard also got get his groove on too. Yeah, Picard yeah. got his groove on. Uh, you also get to see Riker and Troy in a bath together, a bubble bath together. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it, the whole premise was kind of like what you were saying with Deep Space Nine, where the Kardashians and the Bajoran were one people. Mm-hmm. The villains so and the good guys were one people. So you have the Sona. I don't remember, but it okay. was the one that card diddled. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, am I hearing this right? Because are you guys saying Kardashians? Yeah, Kardashians. Yeah. Kardashians. Okay, Kardashians. So God. this, not, this not Kardashian. Thank God for that. Because I was having a hard no, time keeping but up. You, but like, ah. you just brought up a key point. Because when DS Nine came out, this is when the Kardashian Kardashian family was becoming popular, God and people would, that became a pop culture thing. They was like, oh my goodness. <clears> the whole, there was something about somebody. I think there was something about. So we have Kardashians or the Kardashians. Right, <laughs> and that that was a whole pop culture thing because they were kind of famous at this time. Nobody, this was during the OG's time. I so. did actually. I found out. You know who the first <clears throat> person who was famous for being famous was? Jaja Gabor. Yes, that's she true. was that the sense. originator of yeah. being famous for being famous. That so, makes complete sense. So, um, and then we had, and I. The only reason I'm going to bring this up is we had Star Trek Nemesis. Which was actually a good premise. And it was yeah. Romulan dealt. Like, uh, my dad's favorite villains are the Romulans for some reason. Mm. Um, I kind of like the Romulans. They're like the evil yeah. Vulcans. Uh, right. They all they came from the, basically the same place. Pretty much. Um, Tom Hardy. That's what I was going to say. Is like, Tom Hardy, what? Was the- uh, basically a Picard clone. Yeah. Um, back before Tom Hardy had muscles and still had a cocaine and heroin addiction. Did not know that about him. That's why hmm. he is scrawny as fuck in that movie. Hmm. Um, and then he traded one addiction for another, and the new addiction was working out. Right. A lot oh, of a okay. lot of addicts do that. They go from one addiction to another, and just it's just sense. a healthier addiction. Yeah. You know, I'm going to get super swole. Um, I don't want Tom Hardy to punch me in the face. It's from a place of love, Tom. Don't hurt me. No, don't trust me. Like... Um, I, I have yet to see a Tom Hardy. Well, okay, I take that back. I didn't like Nemesis. I was going to say, aside from that, I haven't seen a Tom Hardy film I didn't like. Um, Tom Hardy. I love Tom Hardy. Arguably, uh, man. My wife says I have a man crush on him, but Tom Hardy does paracord, and that's one of my little hobbies. I get bored, and I'll play yeah. with paracord. Well, I've made, actually, a lot of Tom Hardy-esque bracelets yeah. and stuff because he designs his own shit, and then everybody copies it. Right. Um, so... Uh, in fact, in Mad Max, when he did Mad Max, every he made everybody a paracord bracelet, including mm-hmm. Mel Gibson. Oh, very nice. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, Brent Spriner, the whole reason he wanted to direct is because he wanted to kill off Data. Yeah. Um, Wish granted. Sort of. Yeah. So because he totally comes back in Picard. He does. Sort of. Right. He said he would come back for Picard if they didn't undo his death. Okay. And in fact... They 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 kind of made it more heartbreaking. Oh wow! <laughs> um, gave it away. So Sorry. they they made. I it. totally already ruined <laughs> well, all of that for him, thinking he'd already seen. Why, it. why don't we just go ahead and go with an obvious joke here? They referenced what came before. Ah, yeah, there we go. Um, but you got to understand, Data may be dead, but Rick Spiner still is on the show. With yes, him. his brother. Well, which is another spoiler, is still alive. Um. And not an android. This is yeah. Dr. Sung's son. Damn. Actual son. Okay. 
allegedly my ass. I'm just saying because you know what happened to the other part that we don't want to spoil for. Right, yeah. So, just, so we'll just go I'm into the, the letter, Kenny, I don't know which part allegedly. you're talking about because there's so much in that last episode. The part with the machine. With okay, the, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so <laughs> let's jump real quick to um, the one that ended the franchise. Uh, although I really think yeah. that before they we, said before this we touch in, on that, before we touch on that, in Insurrection, um, it was the Sona and the Baku. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sona and so the Baku. I just wanted to spit that yeah. out there because that was what it was about. So, and a lot of people say that this this was the reason, like, the ratings for Enterprise oh. were bad. They were. But at the same time Enterprise came out, do you know what else was getting popular for the first time? Torrenting. Oh, and torrenting yeah. killed the ratings because people were downloading it, and so they weren't watching it on TV. That's mm-hmm. kind of funny because I mean, because if you look, it still has a seven point five. Yeah. And I remember watching Enterprise, and I loved it. Hmm. Um, it was the first time. It was the first time they didn't really have like that sci-fi hmm. intro. It was a weird <laughs> country song. No, I hated was, the, I hated the intro the song. The intro was Bon Jovi. Was it really? It was, it was bon awful. Oh, fucking awful. <laughs> I fucking hated it. Um, it's the shortest lived <laughs> Star Trek series. It gave Trek a bad name. Um, uh, like George Takei said, so way to kill a franchise. I know. That's right. Goddamn it! I'll go corny as shit on this. Dad jokes for days. Oh fuck yeah! Oh, don't even. Uh, don't challenge so me. To me, <laughs> what's the, what, what messed the series up? I, I agree with you, um, Carrier. It was a good show. It had a very good premise. It had a very good story. It was line. also the first show that wasn't episodic. Yeah. It had an yeah. overall sto- seasonal story. The first season was episodic. Yes. But from the second season on, it was not. It yeah. was there was a, an overarching story that propelled mm-hmm. it forward. I mean, you get you get to learn that that the rumbling. I'm sorry. The Vulcan were not as nice as you see, have seen the man previously. Mm. That they had an ulterior motive to the humans that are learning now how to navigate into space. They didn't want humans in space because they considered humans. You're kind of getting that with reckless. discovery too. Yeah, they considered human reckless, and they was like, though they Inferior. have, though, though, right. though they've gotten to this point, like we will allow people who've gotten to this point to adventure in space. They're still too. They're still like children. Instead of taking this new knowledge that they have and, and evolving, they're staying the same and taking that out into space. We don't need that because they could take us over. And that's there was an episode of The Next Generation that totally kind of summed up what I think of humans. Is there were, uh, Jordy goes over, there's a ship that has a distress call. Oh, yeah. And Jordy goes yeah, yeah. over, <laughs> and these guys are dumb. Yes. But they're not as dumb. They're not as They're not as dumb as they act. Yes. Um, they basically bully. They bullied their way into space. Yes. Huh. They stole technology and f- they kidnapped <laughs> other races and forced them to give them the technology to get them to, into space to, to make them technology. stronger. And they don't know how to use it. Right. So Jordy's basically over there fixing all their shit, but they've got like don't they have like a cloaking device from a Romulan ship? Yeah. They've got shields from a Klingon ship. Yeah. Um, it's a, they they kind of. It's kind of how I feel like the Vulcans are looking at humans. Is but like we don't understand. Scratch, though. That's why. Yeah. That's why Enterprise. So Enterprise. So Enterprise was the first Star Trek um, show where you don't have shields. 
Yeah. They have no shit. They have the deflector is- dish, but they don't know how to make the they don't know how to make shields with the deflector dish. The Vulcans have this technology, but they're like, we're not sharing this with you yet. Mm. This is also which sort of ticks me off because up until um, Discovery, um, no one could go past warp five in the Federation. That was a human ship. Mm. Of course, TNG they could go up to warp ten or nine point nine. Yeah, nine point nine. I think infinity was... before transwarp. Right. But still then, they could only go at the max Warp 5. And Warp 5 was pushing it. And just like in the OG series, Warp 5 was the max they could go. That was like the, woo, you know. And um, Which, let's not let's not bust balls here. Warp 5 is awesome. Yeah. It'll you get you where you want to go. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> in, in time. In, in time in a it's kind of like you think about it as like a car. <laughs> yeah. You know, back when cars came out, they couldn't go 100 miles an hour. You'd right. be lucky if you could get it to go 35. And now we've got cars that go over 200 miles an hour. So it's just that progression. And they were making us go the long way. They weren't giving us any shortcuts. So Um, what I was getting to was, like I said, you didn't have shields on any Federation ship at all. You did, however, had what they brought back in the TNG movies with the Enterprise D, um, a blade of armor. The humans created a blade of armor, which is basically a shit in, in, in... when you get fired at you, in case your sh- your ship in this armor, yeah, plate, I remember it the absorbs armor, that. Yeah. It absorbs the energy from the, from the weapon blast, and you know that was a big deal in the future because that's what they used to compensate when they were fighting the board. Because the board could overpower the shields, but it took them time to get through the through the armor. Right, and so that was sort of a thing that Enterprise brought into play. But to me, the big thing that ruined Enterprise was when they got into the whole um, time. Yes, the time thing. Yeah. That was weird. The yeah, the incursions, the time incursions. That's mm-hmm. what ruined it because they, that was something they picked up. Actually, it began. Um, I want to say in TNG. Bacula brought in Quantum Leap, basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Bacula's crew, they basically yeah, that's what sort of messed it up. Because I mean, they, they they a lot of that was in Voyager already with the time ships. Because you know they had a couple of Voyager episodes where they went to the past and they mm-hmm. had the time ships. Like and Janeway was TNG targeted, yeah. and then TNG started that, but then Voyager. Took it on a little bit Hell, further. didn't the OG series go back in time? But they didn't have people from the future trying to destroy them. To That's true. The timeline. That was all TNG and... and, and uh, you get Warfare. the... Uh, Star Trek yeah. Enterprise also brought up the Sulaban. Yeah. The Sulaban became a big thing. They were kind of uh, the kind of like the big bad. Yeah. But they were more of a... Instead of like in your face like the Klingons or the Romulans, they were more in the shadows. Yeah. They were like pulling strings from behind the curtain. Um, and it was more of a, like, a, it kind of brought in a conspiracy kind of thing. Um, it, it was really wild. Uh, I enjoyed the fuck out of Enterprise until you get the weird time shit. Um, and then it was just kind of like, huh? Um, I think I skipped all of, almost all of season four except the last episode, uh, which kind of was aggravating because it was just Riker and Troy on the holodeck. Yeah. Yeah, the the final episode was disappointing to me because that was, in the that was like you said it was one of the tr- running jokes. Yeah, not even a joke. One of the running things in um, Enterprise was everybody went and talked to the cook, but you never saw the cook. And then you find out the cook, Seth MacFarlane. Came from. <laughs> yep, I forgot about that. I forgot all about that. Peter Weller. Yep. Yeah. Say Peter Weller. Yeah. Oh, he came back to Trek a few times, didn't he? Oh yeah. All right. So let's uh, yeah, exactly. let's uh, get this 
in a uh, rundown real quick. We got Scott Bakula as Captain Jonathan Archer, mm-hmm. who showed up in uh, when. Uh, oh shit! I can't think of Doug Jones's character's name in Discovery. He he asked the, the ship's computer the the list of the greatest captains, and Jonathan Archer was one of them. Yes, um, and it's before Kirk, so it, about the only one I remember. Yeah, no, he was yeah. the first one to, to run the title Enterprise as a captain, Jonathan um, Archer. John Billingsley is Doctor Flox. Joanne uh, Jolene uh, Belloc was Subcommander to Paul. Super hot. She used to be. <laughs> uh, Dominic Keating, Lieutenant Commander Ra- uh, Malcolm Reed. Uh, Anthony Montgomery was Ensign Travis Mayweather. Linda Park was Ensign Hoshi. Sato. Uh, the first Connor, Federation linguist. Yep. Connor uh, Triner, who was the first man to get pregnant. Uh, oh, yeah. Commander Charles <laughs> Tripp Tucker III. He's also um, a Stargate alumni. He uh, is, he's Kirk and Riker. Okay. Whereas he oh, likes to... Oh, Connor Trino, yeah. Yeah, Tripp. Tripp. Uh, Tripp liked to bang, and yeah. Tripp <laughs> ended up pregnant. Yeah, he did. Um, <laughs> it was hilarious. Um, uh, let me run through this real quick. That was that was the main that was the main cast basically right yeah that main cast and I was gonna look up um, Peter Weller oh uh, Seth MacFarlane real quick I feel like Seth MacFarlane did one of the alien voices I forgot was, Brent Sprinter showed back up as I think Arnick soon yeah I think they um, just uh, think Seth MacFarlane's credit was like an engineer yeah that's what it says an engineer yeah oh Daniel Day Kim oh, was uh, Corporal nice. Chang yeah. Uh, Bryant Thompson was Adam uh, Admiral Vador. Uh, Bryant Thompson, he was kind of like. You, okay. Oh yeah, yeah, I know exactly. What you're talking yeah, about. I, I don't remember. Uh, Shao Kahn. Yeah, Shao Kahn. Uh, that was awesome. You know, he also played a vampire back in the '90s on um, what's the name of that vampire series? I love that. The Masquerade. Oh yeah. Okay. He's a Bruja vampire. Really. James Avery. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, General Kavog. I'm guessing he was a Klingon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he played a Klingon, yeah. Uh, I'm not going to get too much more into it. So, uh, get kind of jumped through the gun. And we're not, we won't get too much into it because, one, I haven't seen all of it. Two, Cody hasn't seen any of it. And three... Uh, I'll just talk on for tangents because I love this, I love this stuff so, so much. We jump. We get into the Kelvin universe, and we kind of jumped on the Kelvin bandwagon for a minute. Um, we've we've thrashed J.J. Abrams. I don't know how many times about different stupid shit he does, and yeah. his mystery boxes and his damn lens flares. So uh, we won't get too deep into it. Uh, Spock. No. It was uh, it was a good start. Yeah, definitely. It was a great. The first one was great, and then the second one, if they wouldn't have done Khan, would have been a great movie. Uh, and then the third one just kind of fucking dropped the ball. Yeah. Idris um, yeah. Elba. Why would you ever think in your right fucking mind that you could try and redo the Wrath of Khan? I have no idea. Uh, it, hubris. J.J. <laughs> Abrams and hubris. Way to go, Icarus. How's the sun treating you? Right. Um, yeah. Way to drop the ball. Star Wars. Right. <laughs> he, yeah, he went over to fucking Star Wars and made Buku <laughs> billions of dollars. Um so, let's get to, because Discovery came first, right? It did. Uh, Discovery, 
happens is it 10 years before the Kirk Enterprise? It does. Okay, 10 years before Kirk's Enterprise, it deals with, uh, at first, Commander Michael Burnham, and then she mutinies and is supposed to be in prison for the rest of her life. She is. She was, yes. Um, <clears throat> she basically starts a war with the Klingons. Klingons yeah. Uh, nice. Even though she doesn't. She about does, and then the Klingons open fire. Yeah. So it was, had her captain come in 10 seconds later, she would have started the war, but because her captain came in and stopped her, the Klingons started the war. Yeah, the Klingons were going to do it anyway. The Klingons were going to do it one way or another. Because they didn't like humans in their territory. They didn't want anybody that was. Well, actually, nobody had seen, they said it several times, nobody had even seen a Klingon in 100 years. Right. They the the houses the twenty four houses were divided. There was infighting, and one guy. The, remember when I showed you the picture? Yeah. I said that's the guy that starts everything and fucks everything up. Yep. He brings the houses together under his banner, mm-hmm. and then immediately gets killed. And so the guy he the Klingon he brings on is his successor is actually an albino, mm-hmm. and he shunned, and then takes over. Like yeah. I, it's a. Where I'm at is he's going through some shit. Um, and I know he's already caught up and waiting, salivating for season three. Um, yes. <laughs> i actually been looking because I'm like, are they going to release Picard and season three at the same time? Because I'm like, I mean, I watched them both in, in tandem. Um, the only thing I hated about <clears throat> Picard was the intro. And there was very much stock footage of like, just like stock crappy effects for the intro. Oh, they uh, Well, I, I do remember controversy from the last episode of Picard because they actually used some footage that they got from some, like, oh, that's two-bit what website that yeah. cost $85. Yes, that's what it was. Um, yeah. yeah, it was... Uh, I don't know, like, that last episode was good. You see the armadas coming up against yeah. each other. The, you have a Romulan armada. And then the Starfleet Armada shows up oh, to block them. It's it's very much a dick measuring contest. And my thing about that episode though was that Vulcan slash Rumlin chick. Oh, Commander O. Yes. Oh, fuck. She her. was in charge of security in For Starfleet, Starfleet itself. Mm. She, she was the director chose, of Starfleet security. She chose not to fight because she probably knew she couldn't win, but. Being that high level, unless she had went mutiny and they changed all the command codes, she literally could have obliterated that whole fleet because she should know all the command codes to everything right. with those ships. So, or at least have she, the high code where she has a exactly. code that can just wipe everything. But at least out. you know, at least you know she knew the capabilities. That's why she was like, oh, "I'm going." Yeah, because <laughs> she knew she, she, she it was obvious because she thought about it and she's like, "Okay, let's go." <laughs> I don't know. The ship Rikers on is dope. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> But anyway, back to yes, Discovery. Um, so, <clears throat> Michael Burnham is actually a female. Yes, she is. Uh, she's hot. She is. She's uh, RBG's she's, other wife. She's also a, a, a Walking Dead alumni. She left she Walking Dead. When is. she character got killed off in The Walking Dead, she, she was on the show. Um, <laughs> she, after she <laughs> mutinies, she, was she uh, the Klingons attack. Uh, her captain sacrifices her life to save everybody else's. Um, and the lieutenant commander, Saro, yeah. 
basically hates her for it. Yeah. Um, he doesn't trust her. Yeah, he doesn't trust her. They're, I can't remember the name of their species, that species. I had it up earlier. I forgot. Sorry. But anyway, uh, this is the series where we get to see Christopher Pike captaining the, the Enterprise. Yes. We get to uh, see a very young Spock. Yeah. Late teens, early 20s Spock. Um, with a beard, oddly enough. Uh, you find out that Michael Burnham is Spock's foster sister. Yes, she is. Um, you also find out Spock's mother read her Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. Which was I thought was cool because that was my favorite storybook as a kid. So as soon as I saw it was Alice in Wonderland, I was like, no shit. All right. Um, and she has actual book, which actually floors her roommate. You have a book? Um, space, the final frontier. I guess there's no fucking pages anymore. Everything's on the computer like now. Right? So No one reads anymore anyway. No, it's an book all the time. Except for, you know, I like to challenge I like my to, brain. With, I like to read. Symbols. I'm a yeah. reader. So um, I'll go ahead and jump to, uh, let's run down the cast real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Which, by the way, Michael Burnham there is going to be... Uh, uh, in the new Space Jam. No oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, she is. Or, sorry, Sonequa Martin-Green is her name. Hmm. Yeah. That's that's pretty badass, though. Like, Star Trek Discovery. So we got Sonequa Martin-Green, like he said, mm-hmm. with Michael Burnham. Doug Jones is uh, Commander Saru. Brilliant character, uh, yeah. Anthony Rapp is Paul Simmons, Lieutenant that's Commander right. Paul Simmons. Yeah. Mary Wiseman is Sylvia Tilly. Um, that's the one that drives me crazy. Uh, Emily Clouts, Kyle Demeter. Yeah, she just... She's whiny. Not really whiny. It's just, And I understand what she's doing because she made that whole declaration that she's going to be a starship captain. Yeah. Cool. Um, and she even says, I'm naive and I have a lot to learn. And I'm just like, and the first thing is, shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, she drives me nuts. Um Let's see. Uh, I'm trying to get... I got to get to... Jason Isaacs is uh, Gabriel Lorca. Yeah. Michelle Yeoh is Philippia George... Philippia... Philippia... Giorgio... George... Oh, fuck. I can't even say her name. Uh, Gorgio. Who's actually... Um, I'm going to have to say it. She, her character dies at the end. Of the second episode. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. She, yeah. I do know that one. Yeah. Sacrifice. But, but doesn't. But there's another right. part I don't want to spoil since you haven't seen it yet. I haven't Some seen it Some kind of yet, alternate somehow universe she version. comes back. Pretty much. Let's just say the mirror verse plays an important part. Okay. Um, there you go. Jason Isaacs, Captain Lorca. Anson Mount plays Christopher Pike. Uh, hmm. Trying to find out. James Fran, Sarek. Ethan Peck is Spock. Um, Rebecca Rummagen was number one. Yeah, and, I saw that. She was the first one that popped up when I Googled that. Was it wasn't Rebecca Romaine. No. Wilson Cruz is the medical officer. Oh, yeah, that guy. I like that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's with the... The, the scientist. The, the scientist science. that's doing... The mad scientist. Yeah, they're together. they're together. Yeah, they're together. Um, Lieutenant Stamos, whatever. As soon as they started, the way they were arguing, yeah, I was just couple. like, yeah. are they a couple? And then they're totally <laughs> brushing their teeth together, and I'm like, they're a couple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, they're great... It's great so far. It's really dark. And from what I was reading before I started, so far every season's been different. Yeah, it has been. So this first season's real dark. 
the second season, from what I understand, is real nostalgic. The second season and is the about third the season is capable work. The third season, from what I understand, is nine hundred and thirty-two years in the future. In the future that's beyond any. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cody is just like, what the fuck? So, I can see the look yeah. on his face. The second season is 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 literally a board season. Because so it goes back to um. Which one Has was something Borg? fucked up the timeline? So no no no, no. yeah it, the board the, the timeline. You remember when um was it um first contact when they went to the past and yeah. um, tried to But I thought they were stopped. So if you okay, so if you watch first contact, you they would then the have to watch Enterprise, which carries on with that because Enterprise deals with, yeah, the, I remember the, with Enterprise. the remains that were on Earth, and then they take that from Enterprise up until um Discovery. Uh, because basically what has happened, Starfleet now has access to Borg technology, and they're still studying it, and they create a program from control. Borg technology control, yeah. called you Control. You were told, telling us about Control. Yeah. Control last. is literally the broken, completely broken down part of the Borg to their base, their base um, commands, huh. which is to assimilate um, knowledge and to gather, to gather knowledge, assimilate technology, and, and improve themselves. So they make control, control becomes sentient, and that's when it becomes literally a Borg 2.0 or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's not organic anymore, it's a complete machine, but because it has nanite cap- capabilities, it can, anything that has, um, anything that's, that has a bio form, it can assimilate and take all of its knowledge and incorporate it to itself. So anything that's machine or, or biological, it can assimilate. Is this what they plug Damn, into the man. drive? Um, no, um, I know the dra- do they- in season two, it's going to deal. Season two deals with um, Section Thirty One, which is the intelligence department of Starfleet. Mm-hmm. The intelligence department of Starfleet Black Ops, basically. is the Black Ops part of Starfleet is using control because uh, control has helped Starfleet since this point in time to stop wars and calculate risks. And now, since it's becoming um, sentient, um, it basically takes over senior members of, of of the Black Ops group and assimilates them into itself. And slowly trying to take over. Um, and then you talked about the the other thing that says don't let control get it or something. So like that. Yeah, yeah. So in there, um, there is this. Um, We're trying advanced, to do this as spoiler free as possible. There's this advanced. There was this advanced species that put all their knowledge, which is the knowledge of the universe and the things that mm. most people don't know yet because they're an older race, ancient race, into this one big collective. Uh, machine and it's a super advanced machine and it choo- it's a spear basically mm. and it chooses who it lets communicate who it communicates with it, it'll scan you and everything I wonder if this goes back harks back to Star Trek 4 maybe with the because it was just pro, a probably. cylinder you know yeah. you probably could make that comparison yes you I'm wondering could. that's that's pretty cool and yeah. so basically what happens is um, it knows that control is coming because it has seen this it also sort of relates back to the to the Picard episode where um the, the, the things rock. coming out the 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 rip the space rip. Well, not necessarily that, but you remember in uh, Picard. I'm sorry you haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Where the um, the Romulans had got this knowledge from this ancient. The sh- oh yeah, that fucking yes. ring thing. Yeah, it's, they got all the uh, they got a vast amount of knowledge. Yeah, so the Tal Shiar. The Tal Shiar. Well, yeah, yeah. Whatever they're called before the Tal Shiar. Guys, the Zatvash. Yeah, the Zatvash. Yes, um, it sort of rings back to that. But anyways, this thing holds all this knowledge, and it knows that if control if control gets this knowledge, it'll be unstoppable. 
So what does the control try to do? Mm. Tries to get this knowledge. How do you prevent? Oh, yeah. How do you prevent control from getting it? You send it to the future, and so this is where. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So they sent control to the future. No, they sent this knowledge. They tried to send this knowledge to the future, and then sent themselves. All right. Yeah. I'm just gonna have to watch it. It's, yeah. it's yeah. it. Basically, so far, it's fucking basically amazing. Basically, what happens? So. What happens is, um, what's her name? Michael Burning. Um, she gets into the suit that her mom was in because her, her mom is going through time. So what happens is in the second season, there's this thing that they meet. It's called Red Angel mm. because it, it's, it, and it's appeared to Michael. And it's a spot. It's, it's a spot um, <laughs> in history. Throughout any time that Michael was about to die, it would come and save her. She didn't realize that it was her mom because her mom. she thought her mom died. And yeah. Her father did die, but her mom didn't. Her mom jumped into the suit at the last moment and it just teleported to freaking the future. It teleported everywhere. And so what happens is um, anytime Michael is, because Michael apparently is important to the universe, anytime her life is threatened, it comes and protects her. It saves her. Huh. And so Spock has seen it and it drove Spock mad because he's trying to figure out what's going on. And anyways, it's been doing saving people to certain events. So anyways, um, the gist of it is they, they, they download all the um, information from the probe into the machine and they try to send it to the future. Michael gets blasted into the future. And it kind of sounds like they're tying all of this together because Picard this, deals with yeah. androids. Yeah. yeah. And, and the Tal Shiar and the Jat Vash and shit. So, like, this sounds like it's all interwoven. Yeah, I think they're trying to really, make a, a one overreach, over, overarching universe. I think that's what they're trying to do. So I mean, they, they already kind of did that, but shit, this is awesome. Because so, you're seeing, because, I mean, this is definitely 10 years before Enterprise, mm-hmm. Kirk and Enterprise. Mm-hmm, and then you're definitely. seeing, like, 100 years later with, uh, over 100 years later with Picard. Right. Um, you need to watch Picard. Yeah, I, <laughs> I am going to have to. So, basically, um, they think they've defeated um, Control, but apparently they haven't defeated Control. And I'm thinking that maybe Control is the other, and Picard, when they talk about this, um, this and this race of um, superior androids. I'm thinking that's what control became, and they just don't realize it because it did get sucked up okay, into part of the future. Uh-huh. With with but that, it's in its own space. It's there's own. a a beacon that is the androids shoot out to call this yeah. this old ass uh, and uh, synthetic life. Yeah, they're synthetic life forms. Uh, and the rip opens. Think. Uh, the Call of Cthulhu. Okay. Yeah. Tentacle creatures. With a tentacle. Yeah. But it's, but think, when you think of it, think Doc Ox arms instead of tentacles. Okay. So Doc Ox tentacles. Yeah. So they're mechanical. And it's totally like playing through this rip. And as it closes up, I'm just like, so that's just fucking out there. And, <laughs> you know, and, like, and the thing is, it knows that some other being tried to contact it and it almost came through the rip. My question is this. I wish they would have did better. I think I think basically they were like, hey, well, this is the end of the show. We got some awesome graphics coming. Let's just cheat on these graphics. Yeah. Those creatures could come out any in any form. And I think they even mentioned it. They, they could be any form because that's how advanced they are. But they, they did the whole little tentacle Dr. Ock thing, which was sort of... Yeah, it was a little disappointing, <laughs> but at the same time, it did allude to... Uh, I just saw the fucking thing. Yeah. Even if it wasn't the whole fucking thing, it was the thing. Yeah. And just because that little hole sealed up, that thing's still out there. And it knows where you are now because it came. It almost came through your space. 
it's so just going to take the are. long way to get there. Exactly. And that's, um, and that's why I hope they bring Q, like you were saying earlier, because Q mentioned in, in um, Star Trek, TNG, that one day you humans are going to get yourselves get yourselves in trouble that you don't know how to get out of. And he used the example of the Borg, but I think that was a bigger meaning. That could be a, there could be a bigger meaning to that with this huh. with this new this new threat, right? Like I just <laughs> when they when that happened, I was just like, so that's just fucking out there. Yeah. Uh, there are there are some things that the Q continuum won't mess with. They'll just like hide it. They'll hide from it. Yeah, the Q continuum. <laughs> they're they're like because uh, I, I remember on on Voyager there was a species that the Q was like, I'm not messing with that. Nope, that's on y'all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, um, I'm pretty sure that brings us up to current. Yeah. Um, we're about two and a half hours in. Yeah, this was kind of a bigger task than I thought. We could Um, still go about six more hours. Probably so. Um, And I know we usually keep it right around uh, 210, 220. Uh, And this is... Oh, yeah, my wife's already texting me, like, where the hell are you at? So, that was another reason I was like, "Eh, we should probably wrap it up. Um... But that uh, that is Star Trek in a nutshell. I mean, like a, like you said, if we had six more hours, I don't think we'd be done. It's a huge, yeah. it's a huge lore. Um, Another thing, deep, like, deep, rich history. Very much so. Thank you, Gene Roddenberry, for that. Part. Right? No Hell shit. Yeah. And Rick Berman for carrying on with the DS Nine and, and the other right? on series. And f- yeah, just think about how much it's influenced pop culture. Gene Roddenberry's son, Eugene Roddenberry, mm-hmm. is a producer on Discovery. And so, That's actually, awesome. you mentioned that. It's like, Robin, did you mention that? Because also, Leonard Nimoy's son also is a producer. Produces no shit. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. So, um, yeah. I paid five dollars. I actually didn't, but I paid I, five dollars to a Leonard Nimoy lookalike to take a picture with him. And mm-hmm. then uh, there was a mix-up with the change, and ended up getting my money back. So oh, man. I did. I wasn't expecting to pay. Yeah. Uh, so fuck that guy. But <laughs> I still got a picture with him. <laughs> I gotta say, Star Trek gave me one of my favorite. Uh, one of my favorite, like, almost parody movies of all time. Galaxy Quest? Yes. Yes, we'll have Thank to do you. an episode of that, just that. That is so amazing to see Alan Rickman be uh, uh, Spock, basically. Yeah. Spock, like, Spock mixed with, like, a Klingon. Yes. So Spock and Worf at the same time by Grabthar's Hammer. You shall be obeyed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> how's your cat pop locker text, Dr. Lazarus? Just like mother used to make. Galaxy Quest, the Orville, uh, countless pop culture references and jokes throughout the years. Well, see, everybody thought the Orville was going to be a parody, and it's a love letter. Oh, it definitely is. Um, it's Easily. funny. It's really funny, mm-hmm. and it has really funny moments, but it's totally a love letter to Star Trek. But that's the thing, like... Star Trek hasn't had many, if any, good video games, I gotta say. Like, I'm trying to think Star of Trek some. Star Trek Online is good. It's it actually, is. actually, Star Trek Online um, is still going. Um, and actually, what they've been doing, what they have done since they brought it out, was tied into the current what's going on. So technically, a lot of, a lot of the information there can be canon. I don't know if it's considered canon, but a lot of it, a lot of storylines stick with canon. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um I did play that weird on that uh, was Star Star Trek Fleet Command on phone. Yeah. Um, it it's too mixy. It it's got original stuff. It's got Kelvin stuff. It's got next generation. Yeah, it's just too much. Um, I mean, even between all the book series, 
Never read a book. Comic book. Never well, read one. William of those. Shatner wrote like a few of them. Well, when, William Shatner actually wrote a book series that um that I read, and he actually there was a couple of movies, TV movies. Uh, shit, and I'm blanking it. Tech. No. Tech War. Tech War is what it is. Yeah. Tech Wars. That was Tech Wars. Yeah, tech, he wrote that. That was yeah. His, that was his offshoot of a futuristic um, yeah. world. And they used um, some well, technology similar to... Yeah, he wrote some Star, Star Trek, Trek books that focused on, what else, the revival of Captain Kirk. Oh, yeah. yeah. I forgot that he, after Generations, he wrote some books to bring his character back. Yeah. Um, well, Rick Berman also did a couple books, especially during the DS9 series. There's um, Anxiety, who was written by... Um, I'm sorry, it was written, I forgot who it was written by, but it was, it's dealing with um, Deanna Troy and hmm. um, Riker, Will Riker, because um, Anxiety was their love that love connection there because technically a beta Z can link up with a human or some other species and be tele- teleconnect telepathically linked to them. Mm. And, and she and he shared that tele- telepathic link. Okay. They can feel each other. They can sense each other no matter how far away they were. I mean, it's funny because yeah, <clears throat> Star Trek has been influencing pop culture for 50 years yes. or more now. Yes. Oh yeah. Uh, and tech war. Yeah, it was tech war. It was tech war. I read okay. the books. I, I saw the show. Yeah, it was yeah. good. I liked it. And then, of course, he wrote himself into the thing, uh, where he was the guy who created the technology yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. It was an interesting it's set. Um, I don't remember jack and shit about it. Yeah. I mean, it came out in '94. Well, right. Yeah. So they had um, these um, energy weapons that were like part um, I think kinetic, the, part energy. I think the first Game of Thrones book came out in '94. Yeah, really? Like, I thought yep. it came out earlier than that. They had the Maybe um, Andromeda-style hacking. Yes. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was all about hacking, really. Like, yeah, that's it what it was. Espionage, yeah, corporate yeah. espionage, all that. But it was, it was cool. huh. So, uh, all right. wrap it up, guys, because we are going off on a tangent. Yeah. All right, I'm Kegger. I think uh, yeah, I mean, Magnificent. Oh, shit, yeah. Let's, I mean. Roddenberry. 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 Okay. It's got to be. There you go. This Gene. is a huge, I mean. We're he, in 2020. That was 60 fucking years ago. He, I would say he created so, something that has outlived him so far. Not in terms of overall years lived, but... No, no it's definitely it's, outlived him. Yeah. Um, it's, but, uh, Gene Roddenberry is definitely the Magnificent Bastard of the Week. Hey, they keep producing content like Discovery. This will go on long right, until i And it's so good. I couldn't believe me. how good this show is. Yeah. It's so good. Um, and we needed it. We were at a time. I think we needed it because I think we're at a time in television um, history where you're getting the same rewaxed stuff. I mean, some people say Star Trek is re- as we worked and fed to us again, but uh, yeah. we needed that, I think. Well, it was a different take. It's a different look at it. It's a different angle. Well, we're um, also, it's darker. Yeah, um, we're also in the golden age of television, though, is what they're, I mean, some people have called it because you have series that are really pushing the envelope. Right. Um, you know. So, and Star Trek Discovery is pretty, uh, it's so good. Like it's one of those, it's it's, high quality. It's not Mandalorian where it's so good. We don't deserve it. Yeah. But fuck, it's close. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing too. You guys watch Discovery. Um, I'm sorry, not Discovery. You watch Picard. Like we said earlier, it will definitely tie in with some of the Kelvin timelines because some of the species you saw. It does. It really ties up the Kelvin timeline. It It ties up with, apparently it's (laughs) tying up with Discovery. It's it's really like they're really working everything in together. So yeah. they yeah they managed to work like they managed to wrap up the Abrams verse with everything yeah. like yeah like beyond. 
Yeah, I called it the Abrams verse. Quentin Tarantino, we need your Star Trek movie. Be uh, lots of pop culture references, blood, and yeah, I'm trying to think of what else. 80s Some music. Tar- yeah, I would say there you go, Tarantino hallmarks. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Tarantino hallmarks. Um, the the uh, shit. Uh, like and <laughs> like and review us on uh, Podbean <laughs> and uh, uh, iTunes. Give us five stars. Uh, you can tell us that, tell them that we're forcing you to say stuff. You can tell them that you uh, are sad for us. You can tell us we suck. We tell us we don't suck. Just just tell us something and give us five stars. It helps us out. If you give us some positive ratings, I'll go an entire episode without making shitty dad jokes. Nah, I can't do it. I can't do it. I gotta make shitty dad. I'm a dad. I gotta make dad jokes. I was just promising for me. You can do whatever you okay, want. Okay, so I'm. I'll just double up on the dad jokes that week. Um, Remember to live long and prosper. Live, live long and prosper. Yeah, like yeah. us on uh, Facebook. We do not have an Instagram or a uh, Twitter. I just can't do it. I can't. I I, I keep start meaning to start. I uh, write in the nerds Twitter, I, and I'm just like, ah, fuck. John, used, uh, Donald Trump. I on used there. to oh, do that man. stuff, and I hated it. But 140 characters, 280 nows. Actually, you can get some solid jokes in. <laughs> True. Uh, did they up it to 280? Yeah, oh, they shit. did. I know that. Because uh, and mean, Twitter, uh, a British company. Company. Yeah, because so, sometimes it takes more characters to find out you're an asshole. <laughs> right. Like um, I, it just happens, you know. Um, it only takes me one forty for people to know I suck. So there we go. Hell, I can do it in two words. Uh, <laughs> and I have before. Uh, I'm Kegger. This is Ray BG and Cody, and we're the nerds. Uh, we hope you have a good night. We hope you enjoyed our show.